if one of the teams is doing well, like if the if like the defense is doing well, that means it's going to be you just get to watch two people playing catch. How dare you imply America's pastime isn't actually that much fun to watch, Henry? How dare you? I put up a lot of anti-America talk on this podcast, but baseball? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's kind of boring as hell to watch these days, but baseball? I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's one of those things when it's played well, in a certain sense. You live in the city of the Dodgers! It's just, it's just two people playing catch. I mean, it's like in golf. Yes, yes it in is. Golf, the point of golf is to play less. It's like, you want to hit the ball less. You want to actually play less. <laughs> so my fondness with golf has nothing to do with the actual sport and everything to do with... Uh, one of my friends I had growing up was, like, despite all odds, a weirdly good golfer. Hmm. And we would go to public golf courses dressed as, like, shitty metalheads nice. and hustle ah. people. <laughs> and, like, he was good enough that, like, he'd show up, like, Part of the joke was like we had like a fucking like crowbar and a tire iron in his in his <laughs> golf bag. Like we were take everything we could do to make ourselves look like terrible <laughs> golfers. We would be there doing, and I wish Liquid Death existed back then because like that's we'd have been mm. drinking the entire time. Like we put effort into kind of making ourselves look terrible at the sport, and he would be like, he'd be like, okay, so um, you got any advice on this whole Charlie? I think you need to take this sticky thing and whack the ball as hard as you can at the whole thing in the ground. Solid plan, solid plan. And which stick should you use? I don't know. The putter. All right, we're driving with the putter. Cool. <laughs> but he was good enough he could do it. Well, it's like, you know, be like Happy Gilmore or Casey Jones, keep a hockey stick in your golf bag. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of the gimmick, yes. Yeah. I think we had a hockey stick in the bag at one point just to fuck with people. Yeah, the, the, the goal was essentially like we may lose money, but man, are these people gonna feel weird? Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode one hundred and seventy-six. Oh, good God, what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> There's literally a ho- over a hundred hours, probably close to like three hundred hours of this podcast out yep. there. What have we done, Matt? So if everybody wants to catch up, it's just three hundred hours worth of us talking. Well, most of us talking about games. Is it calculated three hundred hours? I don't know. I I'm just kind of going off of like most of our episodes are about two un- uh, not two hundred, about two hours long, give or take, and there's a hundred and fifty six of them. Like. At 150, we were already at three hours, so 176, we're definitely at three, at kind of 300 hours. Yep. Scary to think about, <laughs> yeah, I know. Too much time on the weekend. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Idle Hands gets you, this goddamn podcast. Yep. Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Idle Hands podcast. <laughs> I would also love to hear from someone like going through the backlogs of this podcast, like just like the slow dissolvent insanity that is my cynicism. <laughs> Man, this Jeff guy is great. Hope he's around for a while. Oh no, he's leaving. Wonder, uh, wonder how long uh, Alex remained upbeat and optimistic. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck does Alex hate pot pockets? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, yes, welcome. I'm not sure why we're reminiscing this much. Uh, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. As always, I'm Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, joined by Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online, a.k.a. fucking references to terrible commercials that no one but him remembers because, fuck. yeah. and I know exactly what commercial you're talking about. <laughs> You need to leave that Starburst yes. commercial alone. That commercial was fucking genius. Yeah. No. And we're also... <laughs> and not uh, not that he's any lesser than Alex, but I have less to make fun of him for. We're also joined by Henry, a.k.a. Maeve, uh, not Maeve Online, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, <gasps> a.k.a. You got any more names these days? Mm, not at the moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Podcast. Us. Uh, who wants to go first of the weeks? We are in a silly mood, it seems. <laughs> uh, well, like, I mean, yours is the biggest one. Let's get you all squared away, to be honest with you. I mean, you did something kind of big. Not really too big, though. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I played the Outer Worlds. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty big. <laughs> it's okay, I guess. <coughs> oh, sorry. What's that? <laughs> uh, I really hope I edit this stuff out. Yeah, I'm... Or at least tone you down some for that. I'm not sure I will, because it adds to my <laughs> enjoyment, but... <laughs> Flavor. Uh, yes, uh, for those who don't remember, we didn't have a podcast up last week, because I got married. Uh, these two chuckleheads were in attendance. It was a lot of fun. I, I would recommend getting married if that's something you're into. I might also recommend doing less of the planning yourself, which uh, me and my wife, Jen chose not to do we pl- we we organized all of it ourselves and we're like doing roadie stuff up until like 30 minutes before- fuck i had alex dumping iced tea into a container like five minutes yeah. before we walked down the aisle <laughs> yeah, it was it was great too because it was very it was actually really funny because he just like walked up he was like i need yeah. your help i'm like okay he's like yeah. grab those bottles of water and tea i'm like okay and then don't ask me. Don't ask questions about it. Yeah, okay. It's very much one of those poor motherfuckers. Don't ask questions. Just grab that stuff. Now dump it in here. I'm like, okay. Yep. Like all of it. He's like, yes. Now keep going. It's very important. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Ultimately, I, I think this is the first time that everyone involved in SWS or some good studios, at least, has like been all in one place at once. Yeah. Yeah. We even I got have, a picture. Yeah. We even yeah. got a picture together. I'll have to send you guys a picture, and I also have a video of us, uh, we'll yeah. say, cue the metal, I think? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, we, we... Oh, no, I have to play the metal, I have to play the no, music no. now. Why would you say that now, <laughs> Alex? The podcast is over. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Wedding's fun. It's weird, because I suspect you two actually remember my wedding in some ways better than me and Jen do, because we had to fucking, like, run around with chickens. We didn't eat that thing. Every stereotype of what he's like, oh, the bride and groom don't get to eat the food they paid for. Fucking true. <laughs> I've been to a few weddings, and I will tell you for a fact that's a thing. My, uh, yeah. My, um, I had a friend of mine who got married a couple years ago, and they had bought tons of food. They actually had my, one of my cousins cater the event. And, Ooh. um, once everything was kind of set and done and things were close to packing up, uh, my friends or the, the groom's mom told the caterer, 
whatever food is left, just go ahead and pack it up and give it to the homeless, like as a as a nice gesture. And so later on, he's coming to grab some food. It's like, oh no, that's packed up and it's being taken to like a homeless shelter or something right now. And he's like, what? I didn't get to eat any of my food. He was really womp, womp. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we took all of our food home and like. Or we took all of our leftovers home because we fucking paid for it. We didn't want to do grocery shopping for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, but it's so probably the most kind of us thing from the entire wedding was we had a roast pig, which yeah. was very and, an entire roast pig, like a, yeah, an entire roast pig. I think it was like a forty-pound roast pig or something. And you goddamn vultures! Well, I guess not Henry because he's vegetarian, but you goddamn vulture, Alex, and the rest of the people that ate meat there. Only ate about like half of the pig, which into itself is pretty impressive. So we were prepared for this. And we brought one of my kind of ridiculous cleaving weapons, and the head of the pig is currently in my garage fridge. And then I got to spend like twenty minutes deboning all of the meat from the pig, which also like it. If I'm gonna end a wedding one way, it's gonna be ripping meat off of bones, <laughs> apparently, because that's what happened ultimately. It's just wielding a cleaver like a crazy person, just chopping like rib segments up into manageable parts so that could be demeated. Hmm. On the flip side, I have a shit ton of delicious pork in my fridge, but like, like this was some like cannibal corpse, like person like ravishingly like ripping apart just a pig like chewing chunks and ripping other parts up and throwing it in a container so we could take it home it was nuts like it's the ah yes i am married now Ram! crack them bones it, it, it it's horror movies. i will say it was very interesting because we were at the table and we like henry and i saw the pig and we're like if anybody's yep. gonna have a giant pig for the wedding as part of, like, the eating, it's gonna be Charlie, and we were all just kind of, yep, yep, yeah. no, this is very much a Charlie yep. thing, yep. and we the passed around the, ro- around the table, and they're like, yep, nope, that, that sounds pretty right. I'd be surprised if there wasn't a pig here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta, like, the pig was no accident either, like, it's one of those things where, like, we're not to spend too much time on the wedding stuff, but, like, this is probably one of the funnier parts of it. When you're planning it all yourself, you have to have a bunch of weird conversations, like, okay, what do you want to do for catering? And if you ask me the dumb question of, like, in an ideal world, what do we serve at the wedding? I will ultimately say something like, some type of roast large animal. And, like, we started off with, like, deer or something. It turns out deer roasts are fucking expensive. Like, prohibitively expensive. So then you drop down to more normal stuff, like pig. And that, like, greatly reduces the number of caterers you're looking at, so then you wind up, like, it, it becomes kind of its own self-filtering situation of, like, okay, what of you fuckers can handle a roast pig? Tick, 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 tick. Okay, we're down to five people. Awesome. Hope one of you five is within budget. <laughs> and we fucking love the caterer we went with, which was awesome, man. Roast pig. Roast pig. Pig. Yeah. No, it, it's dumb stuff, like, me and Jen realized, that, like, at the end of the night, we're like, I have eaten a couple handfuls of pork and some cake today, <laughs> I think. Ah. So hungry. More terrifying was the amount of booze drink at our wedding. That that was... Holy shit, that was a little bit scary. Yeah, I was wondering, because you had bought quite a bit, and I was like, is everybody actually going to drink this? It's, so, we bought more than we thought we were going to need by a pretty sizable factor. Like, I... 
Math-wise, I think we bought, like, I want to say, like, 30 bottles of wine, because we had six tables and stuff, and uh, I think kind of total, like, three or four packs of, like, canned beverage, if you mm-hmm. will. We left with, like, maybe eight bottles of wine and, like, very little beer. Like, it was mostly Stella, it was mostly Stella stuff, which we threw in there for the less adventurous folks, like. All the cider, all the white claw, all the weirder beer, fucking gone. <laughs> just like vacuumed the fuck up. Like the white claw was in there mostly as a joke, but like that was gone. Oh, people seem to love that. I, I, I'm still happy. It got I'm still wary about drinking, and I'm not sure what to think about it. So, as you should be. Like it's on one hand, it's no more sinister than like a vodka tonic. On the other hand. It is essentially carbonated alcohol water, which is something we all should be worried about. <laughs> yeah. But I thought I I personally just really liked the wedding. I think you guys did an awesome job. I think it was cool. Oh yeah. I yeah, everything about it was just awesome. Uh, even the view. I mean, it was just really really great. Oh yeah, no. I it, it, we we played a bunch of things close to the vest just because we were kind of like there were plenty of surprises as part of the wedding where it's like, okay, we have this really nice venue that, like, it doesn't not make sense we would find it, but at the same time, it's like, how the fuck did you find a place with this type of view and stuff like that? Like, I, it's, there's definitely kind of, like, shock value is the wrong word, but, like, a bunch of the stuff was like, we're not going to talk about the, a bunch of the parts of the wedding until people are there, so they can be like, what the shit? Yeah. How the hell did you two pull this off? Yeah. Even had uh, good vegetarian food. We worked hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate every sacrifice. Yeah. No, I, we, we had a... I'm not going to say it was a large contingent, but larger than one would expect. Like, I had a couple cousins that are vegan. Like, Jim, uh, I think, is on a semi-vegetarian diet. It's reduced in certain categories, and he doesn't eat pork. So, like, it's that, that limits kind of certain aspects of it right off the bat for a wedding. No, I... As many jokes as I make about the um, dietary restrictive crowd, we, we did try to be considerate of them. That's why the White Claw yeah. is there. Because you all are into weird shit. <laughs> I didn't see any Pabst Blue Ribbon. I, as someone who found myself drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon last night by freak accident, <laughs> I remembered why there was no Pabst Blue mm. Ribbon. Like I'm like, alright, this stuff still sucks. Got it. Uh, you Fuck everything about Pabst Blue Ribbon. You still. did have Two Town Cider House, which is delicious. Yes. I, I People may not know this about me. I fucking love cider. Like it's as much as I enjoy beer, I greatly prefer cider at the end of the day. So it's like I I I kind of been yeah. leaning towards that too, actually. Now that I've moved up here, I've kind of appreciated some of the, the cider that gets brewed up here. So Yeah. I it, it's there's a nice drinkability to it and I'm not saying beer can't be classy, but there's an inherent classiness to cider. Like, it's... This is gonna sound terrible. Drinking cider at 10 a.m. in the morning? Oh, okay, he's a man of refined taste. Drinking stout beer at 10 a.m. in the morning? That fucking degenerate alcoholic. Like, <laughs> it's not a fair thing. Like, Jen has a bunch of jokes about that, too, but, like... I, 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 cider is the mimosa of beer. You say that, you can you've never it. been to England, yeah. then. Oh no, I have been, and I also know it's fucking degenerate crowd there too. Yeah. Like the cider I like is the degenerate crowd cider. Like that's that's the one asterisk to all of this. But in the U.S. at least, it's like ah yes, cider. It's made from apples, and therefore it's juice. 
totally normal to have in the morning, like mimosas. And screwdrivers. Is it just technically vodka? Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I think, I, I think, yeah, I really enjoyed everything about the wedding. It was, yeah, in my opinion, awesome. We, we tried to make it fun for the crowd. Even if you didn't get to eat. Yeah. I, oh, we've eaten in hindsight. <laughs> As I said, there's literally a pig head in a fridge in my house. <laughs> it's in my new metal <laughs> album. There's a pig head in my fridge. Or a children's book. I'm not sure which one that would be. <laughs> That's like the Dead by Daylight children's <laughs> book. There's a pig head in my fridge. Uh, wedding stuff aside, uh, I also did play a video game. I've, I've been playing more Destiny. I played some Not Destiny. And what mm -hmm. Not Destiny did you play? I already made jokes about this. Uh, the Outer Worlds, a, a game that, like, is, is, is weirdly near and dear to my heart. Like, it is a game I have no clue if I'll finish because it's probably a longer game that I'm willing to put into just time-wise now, but it's really good. Like, I guess before we kind of get rolling on this topic, it is not a perfect game. Like, the shooting mechanics of that game could definitely be better. There are a couple like, yep, this is definitely kind of of that style RPG. It's very kind of world and story and writing focused. It's got a very dry sense of humor. And, like, I'm not sure I'd recommend it to everyone, but if you're of that crowd that enjoys the fallouts and i guess the skyrims but i definitely would say more the fallouts because it that that feels like the game it's going after more than anything else like that that is definitely it's from the fallout people and by that i mean it's not by bethesda it's by the people that used to make fallout 1 and 2 and the other original fallout games and then made fallout new vegas which at the time that came out, I was kind of dismissive of because it wasn't Fallout 3, but in hindsight, it was the best of the modern era Fallout games, kind of hands down, despite its just rampant technical issues. But mostly this game is the answer to the question, could you make a Bethesda-style open-world RPG game and have it just work a hell of a lot better than Bethesda's been able to pull off? And the answer is, yeah, apparently it's totally doable. And it's great when it works better. Like. It comes with a couple sacrifices. There's not like a billion baskets, and like <laughs> there's not just fucking freeform items everywhere. You can't pick everything up if you want to. Like it's not that type of game, et cetera, et cetera. I, like you're not knocking over your consumables by being like, man. Like it, it's it's a little more kind of like stuff's anchored down than that. It's a little more kind of curated. But as someone who has always kind of gotten mad at the Bethesda fan crowd, where it's like, well, you can't have a game not broken and have this level of immersion. You totally can. It's just not quite as immersive, and I don't miss it at all. Like, yeah. the, the Bethesda physics-y stuff, it's like, oh, it's so cool. It's not. I Fuck that shit. Like, I... You mean the super it, broken it, physics that make no sense? Yeah, <laughs> it's... It, it, and I feel like I'm talking weirdly about this game, and I'll get into kind of more of the, what the actual game is, but, like, it, it feel it's... It's a hundred percent worth saying as someone who like came away from Fallout Four going, I am not playing another game from Bethesda of this style until they fucking fix their engine to play what is essentially someone doing exactly that sentence, and like sacrifices had to be made like I, I get it like some people are gonna be like, "Oh, I can't pick up baskets and put on I, I go to that thing because the thing that stands out to me the most from Skyrim, which I fucking hated in hindsight, because of, like, the glitches that cost. Like, I, I get it, like, if you really want that, 
fine, whatever. It's not in this game. Like, I, it's like, oh, I want the immersion to do weird things, but that's not immersion. You're breaking the game because the game's not smart enough to understand. I have a thing on my head. Like, I, this is still a game where you can fucking rob people blind by just closing a door to break eye line, and there you go, kind of thing. Like, it's, it's still that type of game. But I have yet to fall through the world. It runs a hell of a lot smoother on my PS4 than Skyrim ever did kind of mm. thing. Like, I'm having a lot of fun. I don't open a door and go, maybe the game's about to crash. Maybe it won't. I don't know. <laughs> Which I cannot say about other games I've played in the franchise. I, it's weird, because this, like, this is so much a spiritual successor to the kind of modern Fallout games you almost want to call this game Fallout 5 or Fallout in Space. Like, that. it is... If you're a fan of the Fallout games, you will fucking love this game. It is... It's real good. And, like, in a time of games... Of game companies getting out there and saying, like, oh, our game's not political. We, like... If there's something to say in the game that's more up for the player to decide on it kind of thing, this game has fucking things to say right off the bat and is unapologetic mm. about just being up in your face about it relentlessly and I appreciate that. Again, yeah, it's again like it's some people will find this polarizing. I find it to be a fantastic kind of narrative choice. Like so I'm I'm not crazy far in the game cuz I'm just kind of mucking around doing stuff, talking to people, exploring things, but so the first plan I, you start off the game on a giant derelict spaceship called the Hope. Um you are you were kind of part of a colonization effort that it's unclear exactly what happened, but you and I think it's like a couple of hundred thousand other humans were put on this ship and shipped off to the um, colon the colony worlds. And I think kind of this is part of the story of the game. What exactly the explanation is, but they chose never to freeze you, uh, unfreeze you essentially. And it's been about like seventy, eighty years since you arrived in the system, and you've essentially been lost. And mm. the implication is either something weird happened with the system, and the, the powers that be either wrote you off, or they realized they were going to have an overpopulation problem and just kind of chose to let you drift. Because bottom line and stuff. And that's mm. that idea leads directly into what this game is about. The, the first world you land on has the... Uh, main hub of Edgewater, owned by Spacer's Choice, and it is kind of the idea of a Union town taking to the, what some people may view as the illogical extreme, but the very real world, if this is like, if we were colonizing space and we still had the concept of Union towns, what you would fucking get, ultimately. Like, yeah, the, it's the only major town on the planet, and Everyone is fucking spouting off the company uh, byline, which is or some uh, company motto, which is like it's not, it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's choice, and like little details you learn. Like the first interaction you have with Spacer's choice is like a security guard bemoaning the fact that his gun just shot him. Like Spacer's choice is not the best choice. There's a variety of jokes in the game about how they're like seventy percent less defective and shit. Like. <sighs> Through some side quests you go through, you learn that, like, just some real fucked up stuff about Spacer's Choice. Like, the, the planet you're on, one of the most profitable industries is the grave digging industry because the people that work for Spacer's Choice are renting their plot of land up until they die and kind of have a reservation stuff until they get thrown in a ditch. And to commit suicide is to destroy company resources and 
that gets taken out on the entire company kind of outpost and stuff. Like, there's all this kind of just incredibly scummy, like, anti-corporate stuff going on on the planet, which is really cool. Like, it, the main plot of the planet is you get sent to basically bring in a bunch of people that I've not done this yet, so I don't completely know how the story plays out, but you were getting sent to basically shut off power for a bunch of defectors who said, nah, fuck this shit, and left. And are kind of doing their own deserter hmm. thing out in like that's, an that's kind of weird facility because I don't know. It's like, uh, and I just want to interject here. It's like that doesn't sound like a union at all. Unions aren't owned by one company. That's that's oh no, and that, that I meant more the union town aspect of like everything in this town is provided by like sorry company store. I guess it's made like company town. I probably shouldn't have used the word union town for this. Like it's it's that like fifties era. The only place to buy stuff is from the company store with, like, it's not quite company dollars, but it might as yeah, well that's, be that's to a certain Yeah, that's corporatist. That's not union yeah. at all. I'm like, that yeah, sounds sorry, like sorry. the opposite I, I misspoke, of a union. I misspoke. I, I, used the wrong, I used the wrong phrasing for you. I, I meant, like, I meant like <coughs> company store stuff. My bad, my bad, my bad. Apologies for the confusion on that. But yeah, like, it's, it's real interesting. Like, and the game has essentially three types of enemies. You have kind of humans, uh, automatics, which are robots, and the kind of, like, the, the, the local inhabitants of the plants, which are kind of called primals, which are big, terrifying beasties. I, like I said, I'm not crazy far in the game, I've just kind of spent time mucking around, just kind of getting to know people, talking to people, doing side quests. I, it's, so far, I'm really enjoying the game. Um, there's no vats, there's um, time dilation, which I would argue maybe works a little bit better, you kind of you drop into super slow mode. I, if you are good at first-person shooters, you may find the kind of second-to-second gameplay a little bit janky, but also like completely forgivably so janky. So is that a bit like the and way like Red Dead's uh, Red Dead Redemption 2's uh, thing works? You know, the uh, Dead Eye. You can't paint targets, but yeah, it drops you into slow mo, okay. and you can fucking nail uh, headshots and stuff pretty easily as part of it. Yeah, it, the gunplay is really forgiving. Hmm. I arc to it that I've heard about. I've not experienced it yet, but like the first four hours of the game, combat can be pretty hard, and then you get over a hump and combat becomes kind of trivial almost, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Like, it, if there's one part of the game I don't enjoy as much as the rest of it, it's definitely the combat. Like, it's there, it's fine. I kind of wish we had VATS just so you could power through it, but also, like, it's what you have is totally serviceable, and they've managed to make melee combat in a first-person game work better than Skyrim, so what the mm. fuck do I care? And that kind of plays back to the character customization detail is really cool. Like, a, you start the game off, you're building a character, and you're essentially pulling someone from, and a lot of people have talked about this aspect, like the idea that you're not making a character, you're, one of the main characters is just kind of like identifying someone on the derelict ship with, like, the right tests, or the, the right the right stats based on kind of personality traits and stuff like that, and there are major benefits from making, like, a dumb character. Because, like, the game plays dialogue-wise and kind of, like, what you can talk to people about-wise completely different if you build a below-average intelligence character, but you can also build, like, a low-intelligence, yeah. like, savant-ass technology and medical character in the game like totally lets you do stuff like that but also gives you like fun dialogue based around that it's you're not speaking ever it's pulling from like a dialogue tree or not not tree but like a menu you can kind of click through and yeah i i I can only think of one other game that did that uh that to my recollection planescape torment 
Yeah. Yeah, if you were dumb in that game, yeah, you got com- complete, completely different, like, prompts and things that op- the, you have the option to say, so, but, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, it's, I, I'm really enjoying the game. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, it's, I play it in kind of intervals, I guess, like, on, like, Destiny, which I just marathon for chunks of time. Like, this is a, like, okay, I'm gonna play three hours of this, I'm gonna put it down, I'm gonna come back to it in a little bit. Like, it's, I'm enjoying savoring it. I There's a lot of kind of cool spoilery stuff I can get into I'm trying to avoid for the time being because it is cool and it like, has more impact when you experience it the first time. I'm, mm. A comparison I've heard thrown around a bunch, and I think it's a good one, is it feels kind of like a Mass Effect Fallout hybrid. Like mm. the, the one criticism you can maybe lob at this game that I don't think is a criticism, I think it's a conscientious design choice, is... It's not one giant connected world. Like, it's segmented off into different planets you go to, and they're kind of zoned in to a certain extent, and it allows for a more curated kind of intimate experience, I guess. Like, it's you're not exploring the wastelands. You're exploring kind of the area around this settlement to do stuff. And it's still a pretty big area. It's just not, like, all of the Skyrim map or all the Fallout 4 map. Like, it's... But there's multiple maps to do it on, so... I. It kind of, it probably winds up being about the same quote square acreage you're used to from those types of games. Just you can't walk from one side of the map to the other continuously. You have to go from planet yeah. to planet, which I don't hate. In all honesty, like I, it's it is the outer worlds plural. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yep, and it yeah, makes I, sense that you wouldn't want to just map out an entire planet if you aren't don't really have anything to fill it uh, with. I, we, we, you know, we were hanging out yesterday, we talked about this some. Like, as, as someone who has found the Skyrim games and the Fallout games increasingly kind of empty feeling, and just like a, yup, you're walking for a chunk of time and not enjoying that. Like, I, I Fallout 4, I remember very distinctly having the reaction of, like, man, I wish I had a motorcycle or a car or <laughs> something. Like, the... The idea yes. of, I, I need something to get around this world faster. It's like, oh, you can fast. I'm like, no, I want something for kind of fast, like faster traversal on foot. I, I want to see all this shit, but this walking thing is getting old real quick. I think it's, and I get yeah. it. There's a bunch of in-world explanations for it. There's something to be said for, like, yeah, you're still walking around some, but like, nowhere near as much. And I, I get it. Like, some people are like, oh, I want that distance and blah, 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 blah. And I totally get that that is for some people. I respect that choice, et cetera, et cetera. It's always kind of like busy work where it's like, yep, it's we, we have to hide these loading times somehow in this world. And even yep. when it loads, shit happens. Like I, This feels in some ways more polished than a Bethesda game has in a long time, Like especially someone who found Fallout 4 kind of just genuinely insulting. I am a big fan of the outer world. Like I, it's, I, I have I have plenty of good things to say. And even the bad things I have to say are like, yeah, the combat, like the the shooting in this game isn't Call of Duty or Destiny or even like Gears of War. Good. It's it's fine. It's still like it's it's on par with most RP with like it's as good as an RPG shooting game needs to be. Kind of thing. The guns feel mm. good. I may have broken combat a little bit by like I've stumbled into some really good weapons by accident. So. That's mid combat actually a lot more fun. Like I, it's stats matter for better or worse kind of thing. I, it's if you're looking for lots of lots of for lots of lock picking or kind of hacking mini games, this is not the game for you. They're like, no, you know how to hack or you don't. And I personally like that because in previous games like this, I found myself 
being like, oh man, I wish I could hack, but I hate the hacking minigames, so I'm not going to put any points into hacking. <laughs> Nothing but lockpicking, because I find that minigame serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, 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 game, the way this game handles checks is either you pass or you don't kind of thing. Like, it'll hint at, like, hey, if your whatever stat was a little bit higher, maybe you could have done this kind of thing. But, like, it's... I've yet to fail a check, which I think is good. Like, it's the, hey, we gave you a persuade check. You passed. No random dice roll going on there. Mm. <laughs> as it should be. Yep. Like, hey, we said you should do this thing. Wouldn't it suck if you failed at random? Yeah. And you get experience points for doing that. Like it, it's a nice risk war it's it's a nice rewarding system. Like, hey, you're investing in these aspects of your character. That's super cool. We like that you're going down these paths. You're like you put these points in, it should work kind of thing. Hmm. It's kind of the ma- I like that. That's the Mass Effect thing where it's like, hey, we're showing you the Paragon option. You can select the Paragon option, it'll work. We're showing yeah, you lie, cool. you can lie. That it's reward it rewards you for you know extra yeah. for actually pulling something off. So yeah, that's and cool. that's actually kind of cool too. Where like the stats are interwoven, where it's like you can get a high intimidate stat by specking high into strength or kind of dialogue at the start of the game. Hmm. Like uh, you're hacking your um, your hacking ability is both based on intellect and your stealthing ability, which makes a lot of sense. Like it's. It hmm. plays around with itself in cool ways where, like, no one stat is an obvious thing. Like, heavy weapons, like, heavy guns are both influenced by dexterity and strength. Like, they both play into it. Yeah, it's fucking heavy. And, yeah, you need to know how to shoot. <laughs> Either or. But, yeah, no, I, I I highly recommend the game. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. I I very much want Henry to get around to playing this game, which he will eventually because this is a game made for Henry. Like I mean, I, I've been, I've been, you know, I have, I've been very vocal that I am oh yeah, no. super hype about this as game coming out. Someone who like was like, meh, maybe I'll play the Outer Worlds, maybe I won't, and then in the week leading up to its release, people were like, yo, so these Outer Worlds, and I'm like, okay, what do you got? And they're like, yo, there's this stuff, and I go, oh, I'm gonna buy that now. Apparently, that that game looks real good. I'm gonna play that game. I went from like zero to a hundred on that game. Almost instantaneously, and I have not regretted it, kind of thing. I, you have been like maintained hype for that game, and it rewards that hype. I think in a way that like getting hype for the Fallout franchise in the past, post Bethesda taking it over, has been occasionally complicated. <laughs> yeah, and this is not meant to be me shitting on Bethesda constantly. We'll get to that later on in this podcast episode, yeah. but. It's you can't talk about this game without talking about Fallout because, like, in so many ways, like as a hardcore Fallout fan, this is the game you want, and it's good, and it's kind of weird seeing someone, like, we'll talk about it some more, like in the news, but like in this week of ridiculous Fallout seventy six news, and Outer Worlds coming out, like it's the not only is Outer Worlds better than anything Bethesda's done in a while at this point from a kind of RPG standpoint, but the fact that you get this like uncomfortable reminder that fall that Bethesda's like, yo, Fallout 76 is what people want. Outer Worlds is being like, no, we don't think it is. <laughs> Obsidian, what do you got? We got this game that's a single player. Go on, I'm listening. And it's real cool. Okay. And you can beat it in 15 hours. Okay. Or like a hundred hours. 
That's quite a it range. Sounds, yeah, there's basically stuff. Basically, it's like the opposite of 76. I mean, yeah. or it's literally the opposite. It's like on one, you know, with 76, it's like even more open-ended than before. Yeah, it's, it's this awkwardness of remember when EA got out there and was like, people don't care about single-player games, and then... I think it was like a month later, God of War dropped and sold like 7 million copies in a month. And yep. we were all like, look, we apparently really care about single-player games. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's very much got that kind of weird vibe going on where it's like, Obsidian could have gotten by on its own merits, but like because we're already mad at its direct competition kind of thing, it's like, <laughs> man, this game got a real shot in the arm as a result of this too. Which, it, like, it's it totally deserves that shot in the arm because it's a real good game, but it's like, man, you already were probably going to have a real good opening week for this game, but also <coughs> because of some bullshit that happened, you got people out there being like, you know, Outer Worlds doesn't have this bullshit going on. That <laughs> makes it better. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, kind of to mark the uh, we've been married for one week aspect, like I've me and Jen are not diehard romantics. We do believe in kind of celebrating small little milestones and things. Uh, as a joke, before we even got married, we found out that two of our favorite bands, Arch Enemy and Amon Amarth, were literally going to play a show a week after our wedding happened. We booked tickets for that, and we, you, were, you were getting me less than 12 hours after an Amon Amarth show, which is why I probably sound a little scraggly. And <laughs> Arch Enemy, better than I've seen was at their best. I've seen them in a long time, and Arch and Amon Amarth continues to be just a fucking wild death metal show. Like I nice, they lean into their gimmick even harder than before. I, it's I, I've not seen that much flame at the Palladium in a long time, like <laughs> I, or ever before, kind of thing. And the show ended with the lead singer, whose name I'm blanking on right now, fighting the World Serpent, which just kind of like rose up out of the stage and wow. it was Viking combat. I. Yeah, it was a real cool show. There's a very real chance our thumbnail this week will be a picture I took of the lead singer armed with Thor's hammer just, like, up in the mouth of this 20, 30-foot-tall world serpent. They just, like, I think it's inflatable because it wasn't there the entire show. And then they went dark and kind of, like, thunder-crashy lighting. And then you suddenly just fucking see this giant snake on stage. Sorry, the world serpent. It's not a snake. It's the goal. It's the... It's the monster that encircles the world and holds the ocean in, kind of thing, just <laughs> there. And you're like, oh shit! What is happening? It's, it was a real fun time. It was, it was real good. Monomarth is still a real good band, it turns out. One of the few shows I go to that I'm like, afterwards driving home in the car, I should listen to more Monomarth right now. <laughs> That's enough about me. What have you two been up to? Um, well, let's see. I saw you get married, so that was kind of cool. Um, it was a—I don't know. Like, I know we we touched on a lot of it, but like, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous like wedding. It was really pretty out there. The venue was great and all that jazz. Um, what's it called? The food was delicious. I don't know. Like, I mean, the pork was really good, but man, that chicken and everything else they had was. Oh yeah, no, I bomb. I, one of the goals we set out with for this wedding, it's like I. If you two ever choose to go down the getting married path, you will have a weird decision at some point of do we let the food kind of be whatever? Do we like invest heavily in aspects of this? Like it's obviously we thought the food was important and also like I'm not sure if you got to try our wedding cake or not because we wound up with way too many fucking cakes 
but like um, it was important it was important to us to have like actually not shit wedding cake too oh i did i had i had one of literally every dessert fair enough <laughs> I had a couple of different desserts, but um, I didn't have the actual wedding cake. I think. No, that yeah, that's completely excusable. Like it's our caterer took a liking to us. Like here's five different cakes, and we're like, what the shit? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need this much cake. Yes. Thank you, but also, what the hell? <coughs> no, um, so also like one of the things I I wanted to mention was like. I like the fact that, like, we went there, there was a ceremony, it was like, alright, no dancing, let's go. <laughs> like, that was, oh, yes. was kind of funny. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like, it was funny, too, because Charlie walks over, he's like, we're not dancing, folk, so, there's no dancing. I'm like, fair enough, I respect that. Me and so, Jen are not dancey people. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. But, Fucking um, mill about and do whatever the fuck you want. Like, feel no break. If you wish to dance, fine. If not, cool. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so the, the one thing that was funny, I didn't, I never told you any of this leading up to the wedding, but like, did I, yeah. So we had a, Manny and I flew out there, uh, for the wedding. And so on the first night we met up with my brother-in-law and my sister and we went and got some ramen. And, uh, as we were leaving, we had a chair fall over and it hit the grill of some dude's car in the parking lot, but it didn't do anything. It was just like something you can wipe off, and these Russian guys proceeded to try to start a fight with us over that. Oh, crap. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, they, we just paid them and, like, go away kind of thing. So, so we had that happen the first night we flew in. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, that, that was, uh, that was nice. And let's see what else. Uh, so we got to our hotel. I, I don't know if, well, have I told you guys before that I sleep with a CPAP machine at no, night? No, you, maybe you've mentioned it. I don't know. Yeah, so I have a CPAP machine that helps me breathe when I sleep at night. I forgot it. Oh, no. Ooh. So all three nights that I was down in LA, I could not get some good sleep because I mm. was waking up every like 45 minutes to an hour for the most part, um, which is horrible. So. Yep. Um, that so, sucks, man. Yeah, it was that whole trip. Like the wedding was great, and I really enjoyed it. But everything else around the wedding, like the events and all that stuff, was just kind of a weird. So, um, so we had the Russian thing. We had I forgot my CPAP. Um, the night of the wedding, when we got down there, oh, Mandy started getting sick. Uh, during the the time we were down there, so she was a little bit sick already when we got to the wedding. Which explains why I'm sick, because I caught what she had. So, yeah. So after the wedding was done, and we were on our way back to the hotel, we get to the hotel. No, no, sorry, that was, this was the previous night. So we went to go have a nice thing at, because uh, it happened to be Mandy's sister's birthday, so we had a nice, fun time doing that. That was actually really cool, too. We had a blast. All her sisters got together and hung out. And then we got back to our hotel, and some dude hit the transformer on the block nearby and wiped out the power <laughs> at the hotel. Welcome back to LA, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So we got back to our hotel, and we had no power until about 4.35 uh, a.m. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I walk up to like the front desk to find out what happened. Dude's knocked out with his feet up on the counter with flashlights <laughs> on. And it's like, so what happened? He's like, oh, yeah, somebody hit the transformer. Uh, can't do oh, anything. that's fantastic. Yeah, so... 
luckily the because uh, they had uh, card scanners to get into the room. They're independent of the power yeah. grid. Luckily, mm. so <laughs> we were oh. able to get into our rooms. Um, that, yeah, that could have been bad. <laughs> oh yeah, that could be horrible. So, um, so it, it's it's the damned if you do, damned if you know. That's bad. Where it's like on one hand, not getting into the room, bad. Being able to get into every room, worse. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I've been in that scenario. Oh boy. Yeah, that sounds scary. But luckily, we didn't have to do all that. Um, we ended up. Uh, so we got back from the. Well, after the wedding, got back to the hotel, got everything packed, uh, went to sleep as much as we could because we had to be up uh, at two o'clock in the morning. Because I had to get over to my uh, parents. Because my parents work at the airport. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that. Before. No. But yeah, they, my my dad's a chef at a hotel somewhere around there. Hmm. And uh, so I catch uh They start work at like four in the morning, like ish. So they're they're leaving their house usually like at three thirty, three fifteen or something to get to the airport. And so um, we caught a ride with them. Got to the airport. Got checked in. And that all went really well. So we got back and just came home. I immediately plugged my machine back up because I had it packed up sitting on my chair in front of my computer. And that's yeah. where I forgot it. So I plugged that in as soon as we got back and we slept. Like I literally laid down and it was about maybe like nine. Well, we got into about 930. Uh, about 10 o'clock, 1030, 11-ish is when I finally laid down to go to sleep. I didn't wake up till about 2 a.m. the next day. <sighs> wow. Like, literally just slept. And I was like, you know what? I woke up at 2 a.m. I'm going back to sleep. And went back to sleep and didn't wake up till about, like, maybe 8 o'clock, 9.30 that same day. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Mandy and I were both just tired. So, um, I in particular was super tired, obviously, because I slept. But um, overall, yeah, it was nice. And then, like I said, Mandy was sick, so I took care of her. And then... I got sick, so I missed a couple days of work. Um, so that part, that part kind of sucked. But uh, luckily, I started feeling a little bit better on Friday, which was Mandy's birthday. Um, and so for Mandy's birthday, we went to a demolition room. You guys have ever heard of those? I saw the pictures of this. I've wanted to go to one for a while. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So you basically, you pay, they give you a bunch of stuff to break. And you just sit there and you break a bunch of shit. Like we got, I got to sledgehammer a few monitors. Nice. Uh, tons of glass mugs, mason jars, like old records, VHS tapes. We're actually a little surprised because they had they. I have a picture off those uploaded, but it's the biggest pile. Apparently, they have the record for the tallest stacked pile of VHS tapes in the oh. world sitting in the back. We can't Crazy. grab them from that pile, but they have tons of other VHS tapes we can take. And so I broke uh, Roger Rabbit on VHS. Uh, we broke <laughs> the Sandlot and a few other ones. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just they give you you pay. It was actually not bad. They gave us tons of all items, and then um, they go over the rules. They give you everything you need, so you get all the instruments to break with, all the stuff you can use to break, or all the stuff you're going to break. They give you like a jumpsuit, gloves, mask, obviously, and so they're like, yeah, just go ahead. Got like 45 minutes, break all your stuff, have fun. Lady leaves a room, 
cranks up a Metallica playlist, and we just start breaking stuff. Nice. Yeah. So it's, I guess you can choose the music you want, but we didn't know, but, so they just put on Metallica, and I was cool with it. It was great. And we just proceeded to smash everything. It's the only instance where Limp Bizkit is the correct choice. They literally have a song called Break Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. Like, we broke old records, VHS tapes, cassette tapes. They had eight tracks you could break. Like, a stack of eight-track tapes you could break if you wanted to. Mm. Um, we broke a bunch of, like, glassware and mugs and all that. That was a lot of fun. And it's exhausting. Because you yeah. just feel so, like, it was nice because you just feel so, like, relaxed. And yeah. just, like... Catharsis. Yes. That's very much what it was. So, we did that. And then after that, we went to go grab some food. And then I had the other thing I had planned for her birthday was this traveling dinosaur museum thing called Jurassic Quest. And Is so, that what the big, like, animatronic puppet dinosaurs? Yes. I know someone working on that. Oh. Well, I, I am was... very familiar with the back, with the kind of the pictures of those things being put together. It's cool. Yeah, it it was really nice. It was it was smaller than I thought. I don't know why I thought it was going to be a bigger thing, but um, we I think went they there. They have an arena show re- uh, linked up with them too, like the museum thing and the arena are the same company, but like the mm. pictures are up from the arena thing, which is like gigantic. But the museum thing's still pretty, not small, but not like gigantic either. Yeah, no, it's pretty huge. Like, it, I mean, it was pretty big, but not like I expected it to be. I Physically, the dinosaurs are quite big. They are actually huge, and it's actually pretty impressive, because I'm like, damn, they have to put this stuff together, and then, like, that's all I thought about, too, is, like, like <sighs> the work that must go into putting this stuff together was crazy. So, um, but yeah, no, we, we did that, and that was really cool. Um, and then after that, we just kind of came back and got a bunch of different, like, food and things like that yeah she had a very nice birthday she's working today now but um yeah she had a really nice birthday which is really cool and then um uh we went to a place nearby that specializes in macaroni and cheese it's like their specialty and that's what they do i haven't said this while man fuck portland i know a few (laughs) few actually i know a few uh, that's a huge thing in portland is is mac and cheese lots of places have their own special mac and cheese it is a super definitely a thing in Portland. Yeah, that was surprising. So I went and got a plate called ramen mac and cheese. And the top of it is actually like prepared and set up like a bowl of ramen. So you've got like some pork uh, slices in there. They gave you half an egg. The, uh, the how were they called? The, they look like sprouts, but they're like long white noodles-ish looking. Oh, you're talking about uh, bean sprout. There you go. Yeah. So I had, and, it, and they put like uh, the pork belly juice and all that stuff. So it tastes like ramen, but once you get under that top layer, it's mac and cheese. And it was really good. So, yes, we went to this place called Mac, which was really good. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was interesting. It's not, a, it's not the other place we've been to, which is a strip club that specializes in cheap steak. So, I told you about. Th- I've talked about that. We've before, talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Portland also has a weird has a weird thing about strip clubs too. Portland is weird. 
Well, it's funny because that strip club that sells like steak and is we've known- talked about this. We have an entire preamble about how it's like a cross from like a vegan strip club. Yes, I hate <laughs> that I know this. <laughs> uh, and then we went to a we went to a pumpkin patch thing, which was really cool. One of the farms nearby, and I I I, I keep forgetting that I live in Portland, and I don't realize how close we are to like literal farmland. Mm-hmm. We can buy like we bought some apple cider. Um, there's places that sell like raw natural honey and all that. Uh, apple cider donuts and a few different things like that. Like, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, like, yeah. They 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 were literally making fresh apple cider donuts, and we're like, yes, please. So, I think if you yeah. go back to like 2016 or something, you get an episode of me talking about. That's right. When you were donuts, when I was in like upstate New York. That's right. Yeah, when you were upstate New York, I remember that. Yeah, dude, I I get it. I get it. These apple cider donuts were they're real good. They're real good. They travel <laughs> like shit, but when they're fresh, they're real good. Yeah. So we went there. It was really nice because they had like, uh, of course, you know, they have like craft beer and all that other stuff, like people vendors nearby. But I had Mandy and her sister had. Um, they had like strawberry lemonade mimosas, and then like another one that they had there. Like they were literally just making mimosas that were pretty cool. And I had, of course, an oatmeal stout, which was my pick. Mm. But yeah, no, overall, like it was uh, it was a really good last two weeks. But I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, like the hotel stay turned into what it did, considering oh, my yeah. luck. You with have hotels. just fantastic luck with hotels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, this is one hundred percent a thing. So, but yeah. Um, other than that, like, that's pretty much been my two weeks. Yeah. Henry? So, I have been continuing to play Gods Unchained. Woo! It's, it's, it's fun. I like it. And, oh, well, I, I have found out another thing that's interesting. It goes along with their sort of economy that they're trying to sort of, that's a kind of really an essential part of the game. So, the card packs that you can actually buy versus just the ones you can earn, like, it is an actual different set of cards that you can buy, like, the Genesis, the Genesis <laughs> cards. Genesis? But, Genesis. I know, I'm but, making bad jokes. But yeah, they are limited. Like, there's a limited number of packs that they can sell of it. Like, digital, it is digital, but there again, it's like, there's a whole ownership thing to it. And so it does make sense that if you're going to have permanent ownership of this stuff, that there's also a limited amount of it. And that's, I just thought, found that kind of interesting as well. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've just, but the thing is, I've been perfectly capable of beating people with just the base set that you earn just through playing. So, I mean, you know, sometimes I win, sometimes I lose, but I win quite often. So, I mean, I'm, it's, yeah, you, you can build perfectly good decks without buying any of the cards, and with only earning them. But in any case, yeah, I like I like I still am enjoying it. I like it. Play that instead of Hearthstone. <laughs> hmm. Um, I have been working on a May costume for the protest that's going to be going on at BlizzCon. Well, in front of BlizzCon, I should say. Nice. Uh, all the arrangements, all the things. Like the organization for that protest is going very well. I've been doing that on uh, Discord. If you go to like Gamers for Freedom, 
Gamers4Freedom.com uh, or like FightForTheFuture.com, you'll see it. But yeah, GamersForFreedom.com will have the more... It even has a Discord invite on, as a link on there. It also has an interesting listing of companies that have like... Alright, so here's a bunch of companies. Here's the ones that ha haven't bowed to pressure, you know, from, from the uh, CCP, basically. And... But yeah, that's I've been working on the May costume. I've been streaming that on Twitch like almost like every day for the past week. I don't have a lot of time left to work on it because protest is coming up on Friday. I mean that's BlizzCon, first day of BlizzCon, so yeah. I but I've made a lot of good strides on it. I have borrowed a sewing machine to work on it. And so and I've already I've already started doing a little bit of sewing with it, just more practicing a bit, but also doing just a little bit of things that need to be done. And so, but yeah, it is an awesome sewing machine. It's fully featured. It's a Project Runway branded sewing machine, but it has like 40 different types of stitches that you that it's programmed to do. So, I mean, I don't have to do any fancy work with it. It just does it for me. It's like I just feed it through and it does all the work for me. So it's kind of awesome. It's very, very easy to use. So, even tells you if you if you if you don't look it up in the manual, it even tells you like which presser foot you should you you have to use with each different type of stitching setting. So, yeah, I mean it's yeah it's just super easy to use. But yeah, I've so far I don't have a whole lot done. It's been a lot of planning and a certain amount of making. Like, I've been working on the endothermic blaster. That's pretty much done. I just need to paint a few details on it, and that's it. But it's the costume, the, the actual wearable parts that are more, you know, that's going to be the more difficult part. But there's not too much to it. It's just I don't really sew that often. I know how to, but I don't really sew very often. Mm. It's it's I'm more of a maker person than a sewing person. Like, I make, you know, like, well, like the gun cutting, I have a Dremel that I use. That I love Dremels; they're an awesome tool. And so I use, so I've been using that extensively, and as, as well as just other various tools I have for it. Um, I'll be making the her backpack soon as well. The well, I it's well, I mean, it's the canister that holds the freezing stuff that she shoots. But essentially, I'm going to try to make it. I'm making it to where. It will work as a regular backpack. That is, it can open it up, and I can just keep a bunch of stuff in there. So that'll be useful to have. So yeah, I have, I have, I have plans, and everything's starting to come together. I've bought most of the parts. I'm only missing gloves at this point. I'm gonna pay a visit to a few thrift shops that I know of to see if I can find them. Because I found boots. I found awesome boots for like super cheap at a place called Eclectia. Which is uh, in North Hollywood. It's just—it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a random assortment of like odds and ends, and just there's a lot of cool stuff in there. But yeah, they happen to have a really, really good pair of snow boots that I picked up. That's going to be perfect for the costume. So yeah, I've been but yeah. If you yeah, if anybody wants to catch me streaming, that's Twitch.tv/nomadhar nomadhar. Yeah, and so. But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. I enjoy making stuff, and I enjoy working on costumes in particular, so that's been cool. And I am looking forward to the protests. I think it's going to be very fun. 
it's going to be informational and fun. People are going to be giving away, you know, giving out like pamphlets, of course, but also like there's going to be like a t-shirt giveaway as well as like little flags, Hong Kong flags. So yeah, it's, it's going to be very cool. <clears throat> Other than that, I've been watching an anime called Tsurune, and it is about Kudo. And the title what the refers hell is Kudo. Kudo is is uh, archery. It's Japanese archery, and it's a very very specific form of archery. Like okay, it's a long. So if you gotta explain this, what makes it Japanese archery? I guess like is it a bow style? Is it? Yeah. Well, the bow is completely different. Everything okay. is completely different. Like the way you shoot it, the way you fire it, everything is completely different from Western style. It is completely and utterly different. And so just, alright, just the bow itself, it's kind of longer on top than to the bottom, like from the handle, it is a long bow. <clears throat> it's not a composite bow or anything like that, it's a long bow. And the way you, and you, when you're firing it, or when you're pulling the, when you're drawing the bow, usually, like in Western style, you draw it kind of to your face, kind of to your cheek of a sort. In Kudo, you draw it past your ear, like way back. You're you're pulling it very, very far, way farther back than you would with Western style, and it can be and it's it can be very, very accurate. I think it's actually more accurate to fire that way. You definitely get a lot more power too, but more more accurate to fire that way. But yeah, you pull it past your ear. But there's a whole just as there is with like Yaido, which is the sword art. It, you you do wear hakama. You wear like a gi and hakama. How do you spell this? I'm gonna look it up quickly to see if I get a better sense of it. K y u d o is generally one romanization of it. And so, huh? It really, it's like an off-center bow. I, I know you described it as that, but yep. And there's a whole very specific way. I mean, it's there's a lot of ceremony involved with it, and that's really kind of the I'd say the more important part of it is. It's very traditional. It's very much about the ceremony around it. Like, just the way you walk up to the target, just the way you, like, if you're, if you're with other people, the way you walk in line, the way you even stand, like, sit down and stand up, turn a very particular way, the way you're holding the bow, the way you, like, every, just every single part of it is very, very specific, very, very measured, and, and is all a part of a ceremony. And even the way you draw it, it's like you kind of hold it above your head, and then you kind of, uh, and it's kind of forward, and then you just kind of pull. It's hard to describe unless you just see it, but then you just kind of push your arm down, and then at the same time, you're pulling it back, like I said, behind the ear. I mean, you're pulling it very far back and then firing it. And so, uh, I know, uh, and I know a little bit more about it because when, well, when I was going to school in Tokyo, I was a part of the Yaido Club, and we kind of had a, like a, I guess a sort of a club friendship with the Kudo Club, because we all, we're wearing the same stuff. We're all wearing, like, white geese and black hakama, and it's all, and both are very much about the ceremony of it, and about very specific movements and everything. And so, yeah, they, they, like, invited us over to, like, you know, fire a few arrows and teach us a little bit about it, and, and, you know, they came, they, they would, so that was very cool. I got to learn how to, yeah, actually. So I do know how to fire a bow, kudo style. I'm not, you know, I'm not awesome at it, but 
I'm reasonably accurate. Mm. Uh, because I, I, I'm reasonably accurate at bows in general. I just, I like bows a lot. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a very, very measured thing. I, I think Kudo's a, it's, it's a fascinating, a fascinating sport, I guess. But yeah, it is more about the ceremony. The, the name of the anime, Tsurune, actually refers to the sound that a well-fired sh- shot makes. Like when you when you when you fire the uh, fire the arrow, huh. it's just it's it's a it's almost like an onomatopoeia a bit, but yeah, it's about the just the sound of the shot itself about and it's kind of about the clarity like a you know ringing of a sort, but yeah the but yeah kudo yeah so the show is about a kudo club in a high school. And it's not a Gonzo type of, you know, it's not like a Gonzo super sports show, like the one I watched about Sumo, Hinomaru uh, Sumo, which was crazy, you know, just Gonzo crazy action. This one's very quiet, and it fits what it is, because that's that's Kudo, it's more of a quiet sport. Mm. And it's kind of about overcoming obstacles. It's really kind of the theme, the theme with several characters in it, is about overcoming sort of things in your life and obstacles, and and sort of Kudo is an allegory to that, and yeah, and it's about the characters as well. I mean, it's definitely a character-driven drama. Uh, the main <coughs> character basically has a problem with what's known as target panic, and it's just, it's a psych it's a psychological thing that can develop in archers and in, in any, in any form of archery. It just, it's like usually affects like when they're unable to aim well, like they can't, once they draw it back, it's just like shaky and just can't, can't aim. It's just, you know, target panic and the main character has it. But yeah, there's, yeah, that's, and, but that's seems to be an allegory to something else that's going on. But yeah, uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's well thought out. The characters are nice. They're not they're not. I mean, fitting for the type of anime that is. It's more of a slice of life anime. They're not over the top. They're just you know. It's definitely you've got some of your kind of character types, but not annoyingly so. And it's but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I've been enjoying it. It's peaceful and it's uh, the artwork is good. Like the animation is good, it's just high quality, and it is a simulcast on Crunchyroll right now, and that's where I'm catching it on mm. Crunchyroll. I don't know if anybody else is is running it, but I know Crunchyroll absolutely is. That's where I'm watching it, and I'm I'm only about uh, like seven episodes into it, but I'm liking it a lot. It is it is a great anime. It is just it's just. Good. It's I like it there again, but I also have an interest in Kudo. So I mean, having having gotten a chance to kind of actually fire a bow under the you know supervision of people who know how to do it. Yeah. And so yeah, that was so that's that's been cool. I've been enjoying that. But yeah, that's I mean, but yeah, that's mostly my week. I mean, more than anything, I've been spending a lot of time on the May costume, mainly at night, like when I'm done with things I have to do during the day. And then I'll just go and start streaming it at night. So, but yep, that's 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 basically my two weeks, really. <laughs> but, yep. So, we have things to talk about today. 
Are you saying it's time for news? I'm not gonna lie, I was kinda of expecting you to cough midway through that or something. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> Alright. This one's not really news, it just kind of went around. This is some blast from the past of the week we took off because of the wedding thing. I just thought this shit was funny as hell. Um, Lady Gaga got out there and wondered who the fuck Ninja was. Oh, and yeah. And Nothing what, and more to f- it. It's just funny as hell to me. What's Fortnite? And she even spelled it N-I-G-H-T. She's yep. like, like the, you know, the actual proper word Fortnite, you know, which <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's... And Ninja replied to her. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yo, let's play. And he even name-dropped like, he was like, yo, Drake's been on my stream. <laughs> it, mostly the whole situation to me just was kind of like, uh, I think it's DBZ that had this phrase where it's like, what, what, is a, what is an ant to a god kind of situation? Where it's like, we think of Ninja being one of the biggest celebrities out there, but no. Among young people. Among the yes. young people, yes. I mean, also, the, the dude is a super, super duper multimillionaire. I mean, he will. I mean, he hasn't been in it as long as Lady Gaga has, but he may well end up making more money than she has. I Maybe mean, that's, that's I, how. That's how that, stupid. That's not the competition. It's more just kind of. It's like, huh? Right. There are hierarchies to this to this fame shit, aren't there? Well, yeah. it just it just depends on what you're famous for. Yeah. I, also just I mean, there's a lot the- of people who who don't know anything about hockey, so they won't even they won't know the most famous hockey players. Like and we, and you know, we I mentioned, I mentioned, you know, and I mentioned, you know, if I mentioned Brett Hull, a lot of people are like who? <laughs> Brett Hull. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but yeah, it just yeah, it's, but it is kind of, I don't know, I think it's kind of telling that. Like honestly, Lady Gaga is sort of part of the last generation that knows nothing about them video games. Like that, that every everybody yeah. younger than her pretty much knows a good bit about video games if they haven't been playing them. So yeah, but I, I think that's also kind of shows a uh, generational thing too. Yeah, I also think it's just it's an important thing to remember. Like we talk about every once in a while in this podcast, the idea that uh, we talk about gamer issues on this, and there are larger issues than or like if you're listening to this podcast, you are more informed about gaming stuff than the majority of gamers out there, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of for better or worse, though, I remember Pokemon Go. Uh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Remember that wizard game that people that made Pokemon Go made a sequel. I uh, made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play that every once in a while. Yes, maybe you shouldn't be. <laughs> Why? All right, so I, I this is gonna, I'm sure going to come off as kind of tech conspiratorial stuff, and us being like mobile games are bad and privacy and all that stuff we're kind of known for when it comes to these topics, but. It turns out that um, Pokemon Go, to a lesser extent, but especially that Harry Potter game, have been data mining the shit out of you. And I don't just mean, like, we know you're turning on, you're, you're sending it your location data and stuff like that, but the amount of time it has spent recording that location data 
and the kind of specificity it's gone to with said data is significantly higher than almost anything else out there that uses your location data. And also, there may have been some instances of, even when the game was closed, it reading your data. Mm. And now that's, also, that's way more questionable. Oh, yeah. there's a more questionable aspect of this, too. Um, but, so, but wait, there's more. Oh, there, but there's more, and this is probably, like, this is the undeniably kind of eh, part of this one, but so we've talked about COPA laws relatively recently on this podcast, I think, but a quick refresher is uh, based in the U.S., it's the kind of digital protection rights of children online. You can't see mm-hmm. rules about how you store data, kind of, a, you know, all those annoying, like, are you 18 bullshits you have to go through, we all kind of click through and have never stopped a kid ever. That's yeah, I, not I, just, yeah. That's not just I've been there. on the other side of that. So, yeah. I mean, as a teacher, it's like we have to be very, very aware of the those those laws, COPA yeah. laws in particular. And maybe you can do a better of, job of explaining this than I can. But basically, it's the idea that, like, this is going to sound maybe unintentionally creepy, but, like, how the idea of children are handled online is different than how they're handled for adults kind of thing. Like, how data is handled, how photos are handled, how logins are handled. Like, it's mm-hmm. all those, like, you must be 13 or older things those are because of COPA. Like, every porn site you've been to as a teenager and then just click the, yeah, I'm 18, that's actually COPA stuff in action to a certain extent. Like, it's not just them being like, we need to protect ourselves. They're like, no, we actually have to protect ourselves and go to legal But really, COPA's way more about how you keep data, and which is why it's relevant here. Yes. So you aren't, ele- there's a whole lot of data you just can't even collect, period. And, yeah. and if you have it, you have to get rid of it within a certain amount of time. So that's 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 kind of the heart of the COPA laws. That's yeah. Like I know that there again as a teacher, we have to like I didn't often have to deal with it because I wasn't I wasn't in sort of the I wasn't in the offices that kept people's records or anything like that. But yeah, it's like if they yeah. you know if anything yeah you just can't keep their information and you it's like very limited what you can collect if anything at all. So. Just just to get flesh that out a little bit more. So, yeah. So, and this is kind of a... What they have done is not in violation of COPA, but it kind of butts up right against the edge of where COPA starts caring about things. The app is very popular with children, obviously, because Pokemon and Wizards and all that jazz. It's unclear exactly how much data it's actually stored on children and how well it distinguishes between adults and children. And kind of in all situations where data mining happens, this is all being very aggressively sold. And Niantic claims it's selling the data, not personal information things, but kind of, I'm not sure we've talked about this in great detail in the past, but like because Niantic systems are based off of geotagging you and tracking your actual location, the data Mm -hmm. it's selling (laughs) is especially maybe not dangerous, but problematic because it knows where you live yeah very distinctly like and it's one of those things where it's the if they are just selling straight kind of user by user data and i'm sure there's and they, they talk about how there's like oh it's there's no names it's kind of generic codes and all that jazz if you have enough data from other sources you can figure out who people are like it's the yes. with an address you can find people kind of thing and that's yes. where the child aspect of this comes mm-hmm. in like it's the you want to find where me, Henry, or Alex lives, it's easy enough. We've all made jokes about where we live, et cetera, et cetera. Like, 
you could probably track us down with enough effort and IP access and all that jazz. Like we're we're stealthy, but not like fucking James Bond out there kind of thing. Yeah, and, we're also adults. And the reason that we actually and that there anybody was able to find out about the level of data that was being collected is because the EU has way stricter laws about what it what you can and can keep as a game company about people's information, as well as you have like if people request it, you have to send people every single data you've ever collected about them under the GDPR. The uh, basically it's digital privacy, and yeah. So through that, like actually like you know, uh, and Kotaku basically asked people like asked European players that had done a GDPR claim about the level of information that it that it was collecting because yeah under that we can't do that in the US there's no yeah. law to force a company to do that in the US but in in any co- any country in the EU oh yeah if you asked for it they had to give you literally everything they've ever collected about you and it has to be complete otherwise there's like big fines and and possible criminal time waiting for you and again, like, we're not saying, like, Niantic was an upfront that they were mining you kind of thing. It's, like, we all assume that. Like, it's a game for free that uses your geotagging data. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a given. It's the frequency with which your data was collected kind of thing, where most of those... Were, were more, or it's... I think the average is kind of, like, it's the... Say you used an app for 24 hours a day, like, at most, you would probably have... 24-ish, give or take kind of thing, kind of tags for your location. The Niantic stuff, specifically the Harry Potter one, seems to record your data somewhere between, I think it's three and five times as often as that. Sometimes mm-hmm. in an hour, significantly more if you've not been using the app for a while. Like, it's... it. You could find someone, I think it was down to, like, within, like, 15 or so feet was the rough number they were throwing around. Or how precise, like the frequency with which your data was cached, and how specific the data was. Like it's very easy to find someone hypothetically with this, which again isn't inherently illegal, but like it is a little bit creepy to think about, especially for a game that's got a very kind of like maybe it's not child centric necessarily because Alex, one of the three of us that plays it, but also it was real popular with kids, and I'm not saying like you could use this for like bad things but it sure doesn't look good either especially when you're collecting oh. that much location data but the thing kids. is if you i mean that's the thing like and in, and they actually showed and within the article they actually demonstrated my you know like i said the european players who had sent yeah. you know talked to them about the information and sent them some of the information collected about them they were able to identify things like you must have been sick that day or you go to burger king all the yeah. time or like specific things they could identify where they work and where their home was, all these very specific things they were able to figure out. And that's not something I would want anybody to know about my child if I had a child. I would not want to know or want somebody to know what their usual habits were. That is wildly dangerous information to be out there. And you know what? As we've already found, like these companies aren't aren't necessarily um immune to being hacked and having all the data about people being leaked inadvertently. So just think if a, you know, a child predator got a hold of information of where all these children are regularly. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's that's bad. 
That is not information that should be out there. And and that, and I think I think that they'll probably be busted in the EU before they get busted here. Yeah, I it's, think, and it's one of those ones where it's also like the extra kind of weirdness for me is that they ramped up the data collection. Like it's the if mm-hmm. Pokemon Go had more than the the Harry Potter thing, that'd be one thing. It's the fact that they essentially tripled the data from Pokemon Go to Harry Potter mm. that they were collecting, and that's to put my cynical hat on for a second. Like for me, that's a like you see what you can get away with with Pokemon Go, and then you fucking go for broke in your follow up because you've improved your technology at that point too. I yeah. So that's there again. It's like, and, and you know, and their big defense of it has been, let's just say, dumb and stupid and nonsensical. They're like, well, we don't sell the data; we sell it anonymized. But even, I mean, a that fails on its face because it's already research has been done. Like, they were able to identify people like almost a hundred percent of the time through anonymized data. They could identify who it was. Like, there's been research into that. But also, it doesn't matter if you've sent it out or not. Like I said, there's a danger of, you know, not just leaks, but like, let's just say somebody within your company is less than a trusting, you know, trustable person, which it's, you know, it's like criminals don't go around announcing their criminality on their foreheads. So, you know, somebody at the company who has less than honorable intentions could just take that data and do... Horrible stuff, you know, like stalk their ex. I mean, there's bad, bad things with this data. I mean, this is, yeah, this is, um, yeah, that's some dystopian stuff. And I don't, and I don't, I have less, I don't have that much faith in a video game company to keep its servers a and its video information. Game company that's shown to not have the best tech, like it's, yeah. If Pokemon Go or Harry Potter World were like, or I mean, Unite, sorry, not World, like, if they were perfectly running games, I'd be like, eh, maybe, but, like, with all the bullshit's gone around with those games in the past, just, like, with exploits and stuff, it, who the fuck knows? I Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. It's... Well, and it's just the publicity of this information there again, like, alright, so I did a thing... Um, I did a pro. I worked on a project one time with an artist in in England, and it was it was a project that basically it it was a it would vocalize the tweets of anybody who was within the vicinity of the art installation. So if you walked near it, it would speak your your tweets at you. Because I just used the geolocation stuff that's available through the Twitter API. That's, that's all I had to do. Yep. And so, yeah, you walk near it, and then you hear your you. And I use the text to speech thing, and yeah, it will just vocalize your tweets at you. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's and there again, it's just like that. Just shows. I don't know. It's it's a weird world, <laughs> and this information <laughs> is now out there. And I don't know. I mean, it's why it's one of the reasons I don't have a you know Amazon Echo or anything like that, and I will never buy one. But also, yeah, I. But you know, and uh, but I've played been, and I haven't played Pokemon Go ever, uh, or Wizards Unite, and now I'm probably not going to. No, and I, we were, it's one of these things where I'm sure it's like, yeah, we know they're reminding us, et cetera, et cetera. I, it's I don't think any one of us was confused what these games were doing, but again, like I say occasionally, 
if you're listening to this podcast or you're one of us or have you follow this type of news, you are more informed than most people, and that's the problem. Like there is a when it comes to data mining, a lot of people don't put together the two and two aspect of like what that data means based on what they're getting off you kind of thing. Like it's spending habits are one thing, where you fucking live is a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about, you know, people seeing, you know, somebody knowing that, oh, this guy buys lots of fake meat at 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 the grocery store. I'm, I'm not too bothered with somebody knowing that. I'd be way more bothered of them knowing that I regularly go to this place every day or I do yeah. any, like, just to know my patterns of movement. Yeah, it, it, the example I'll use is, like, it's one thing to know you have a gym membership to a certain gym kind of franchise. It's another to know what location you frequent the most, and that's the yeah. troubling aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Alex. Yeah, I don't know if I want to keep playing that. I might I, it, uninstall it. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of... My wife plays the game a lot, and I'm not going to kind of go up in arms about it, but, like, this did make me glad I dropped these games kind of hard. Because it's like, I'm like, eh, this makes me a tad uncomfortable, but also, like, I'm sure there's a billion other things tracking me at all times, so... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'll have to show that to Mandy and see what she says. Because we play it, so... Yep. And the art, but the article's pretty in-depth, and it goes into a lot of real research. I yeah, mean, I, it's... When Kotaku one's... decides to do, like, like, journalism, they do journalism. Yeah. So... Uh, it's there's a lot there kind of thing like it's we kind of barely scratch the surface it's if this is a concern of yours or something you're curious about it's extensive yes yeah let's do a quickie real um quickly uh just to run through some of our other news uh last of us 2 has been delayed to uh may 29th 2020 it used to come, it was it was coming out in february for that romantic last of us uh to valentine's <laughs> day vibes uh that's not happening anymore I, I i know a lot of you out there were planning a romantic evening of um what were they clickers in that game or something but uh sorry you you'll have to find another game to be creepy on valentine's day with <laughs> i support your creepiness but i'm still calling it creepiness <laughs> uh this one's kind of a more fun one so we're gonna do another fun one before we get to the one of our depressing ones i've Fun for me, I guess, because I didn't buy the game, but I, if you've been on the internet this week, specifically social media, you're probably aware of the fact that uh, WWE uh, 2K20 is a goddamn mess of a game. How, how did they manage to make it way worse than any previous installment? I mean... So, the story I've gotten, and I'm, I'm blanking on the exact company names, is there were two companies that worked on this, on, on the W... On the, the WWE games for a long time, and one of them is no longer involved in this one, and mm. there had been rumors for a long time about how much quality control they were ultimately responsible for, and, like, let's take a step back and acknowledge the fact that, like, the WWE games have been on a sharp down, a, a sharp decline since, like, the PS2 era. Yeah, I, even then, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. There's been highs and lows since then, but like I think overall the fans of those games would agree that like anything post PS2, maybe the 360 era of games, has just been a slow decline into mediocrity for those games. Like they are, while we don't talk about them in the same way, they are on par with the Maddens and the 
NBA 2Ks and all the other kind of annual games in the, well, it's the same game except where those games kind of maintain a certain level of quality. These ones do seem to be actively getting worse every year for some bizarre reason. Yeah. So it is pretty obvious now that the company that's no longer helping out with it was doing all of the quality control because even previous installments of this had their issues with some glitches, but they were more occasional. Yeah. This one is just like, well, well, I think, well, A, I just want to comment real quick. I think the the character art is so bad. It is, everybody just looks like random doe face. It just doesn't look like anybody. Yeah. Like they, they, somehow they, they managed to not get anybody's likeness even remotely close. But yeah, but it is so amazingly, ridiculously broken. I mean, the videos I've seen have just been like, wow. I love the hair physics one because I. Oh, God. As someone who, amongst. uh, It's not even me originally talking about this. Like, a lot of people have used the WWE games to gauge where kind of like hair and fabric technology (laughs) was because, like, any high end company, if they want to put time and effort in, can make really good hair and fabric. But, like, when that tech is readily available to, like, something like WWE, annual franchising stuff, where it's like, okay, yeah, we have to use the -the off-the-shelf tech for this to make it work, it's a good measure where we're at kind of as a baseline kind of situation for that. And, good God, this game has had some fantastic stuff involving that. Yeah, the the, just the hair... Yeah, I mean, I've just seen multiple videos where just the hair is just... It looks like it's trying to escape this reality. Yep. It's like... The hair has decided it does not want to be in that broken game. <laughs> I, I think the best ones are people like in like just standing still and the hair going ape shit around. Oh yeah, them. just pointing in every direction, yeah. trying to es- trying to escape this terrible, like terrible they're going world. Fucking Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm also a huge fan of the uh, <laughs> the one where they show the cinematic where the hair is like flying in the back, yep. but the windows are rolled up yep, in the car. That's one of the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it looks so bad. Ugh. Or the I, one, like, the Goonies-looking character models. Yeah. Uh, also, I, the ropes. Oh, God, the ropes are any, yeah, also this super fran- busted. This is a franchise of, like, fantastic soft physics. Not fantastic, but, like, because of the soft physics required for the franchise, like, it's been a good showcase for them. And this one just seems to be a shit show. Oh, wow. I mean, I... I they got the ropes so badly wrong. I mean, even previous installments didn't screw up the ropes this yeah. bad. I mean, everything this, is just worse. Like, way, way worse. This is a meaningful step down from last year's, which is just funny. I mean, this looks like a game I made by myself in a month. I mean, it's this seriously looks like, does not look like the, the work of a team. Yeah... And I yeah. say that because I, I can't do 3D modeling at all, so I expect any of my attempts would look about like that. Yeah, there's an aspect of, like, someone out and bought some, like, fan models of shit, and this oh, is what you get. fan models are way better. I mean, I've seen stuff like... They can like, also be real bad. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that too. So they went for the bad ones. The cheap ones. Discount. The Discount. value models, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I the great value model. I watched a bunch of these earlier on this week. I have to go back and find more of these. Like I'm, I'm clicking through a couple while we're talking about this to remind myself, and it's great. Like 
If you're looking for a laugh, maybe go check out some WWE 2K20 glitch videos. They're pretty good. I want you yeah, to just... someone got slammed on the cart and now they're seizuring on the like ramp. I don't know what's going on. What the fuck I is up? I think the best game? one I saw was someone like did a power. Someone went for a power bomb and they just kept. They went through the ring and kept going and the screen kept zooming out as they like below <laughs> the uh, floor of the arena like this kept going down and down and like it just kept zooming out to the game crash. Yeah. <laughs> a power bomb destroy the world <laughs> oh my god there's one that drove out everything just devolves into chaos this is a great game 10 out of 10 <laughs> They all evolved into chaos. Or, or as IGN would say, uh, 9 out of 10, something for everyone. Sure. It's a donkey <sighs> junk, too, by the way. Yep. Moving on from that to something more serious, unfortunately. Uh, we want to talk about Blizzard, or we want to talk about Fallout 76 first? Um... Oh, uh, let, let's just do a quick Blizzard roundup. Sure. Uh, we, we have... More Blizzard news for you, and it's about the news you might expect, given what we talked about last episode. Um, there's still a bit of hot water. I, I'm not sure if we actually put it on the list this week, but uh, that group of college kids that uh did that whole that, that that kind of tested the banning waters, they got banned ultimately too. They got the same punishment as Blitz Chung. Um, they've and they've they've subsequently quit. Yeah. yeah, they've they've quit Hearthstone, and one of them is going to be showing up at the protest. At least he's cool. going to try to. So the Very thing cool. about that one is like we're giving them a six month ban, but didn't they shortly after say they were dropping out anyway? Yeah, so no, just, out of, just out of the tournament, you can't quit. You're fired. Like what? Well, they no, they just dropped out of the tournament, yeah. but now they're quitting for good. Like they're not going to play Hearthstone anymore, as far as the uh, uh, the report I read. So they're they're kind of done with it. Now. Yeah, but I mean, that's but, that's what I mean, though. Like, the punishment was supposed to be for six yeah. months from that, but it's one of those, like, you can't quit, you're fired situations yep. where, like, <laughs> they already said they were dropping out of the thing. Like, you, good job? Like, you literally, your punishment literally did nothing after the fact that they said they were dropping out in the first place. Yeah. So. But, yep, so that's the thing. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, also, I mean, it's just, it got, all right, let, you know, we, and there again, we're just talking about the fact that, you know, gaming is still a bit of a niche thing, though, you know, the younger you are, the more likely you are to know about the gaming world. But, I mean, this got itself a letter from Congress to Blizzard condemning their actions. Bipartisan letter. I mean, strange bedfellows here. You're seeing, you know, prominent, you know, not like random... Pretty prominent Republicans and Democrats making their voices known about this, and that's I mean that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. And and and, and but yeah, it's yeah, I, I that's that's kind of crazy, but yeah, it's it's been enough to get their attention, and and in a good way, it got the attention in Congress. They've passed resolutions about supporting Hong Kong in general, and you know, I mean, cynical or not. Hey, more public attention, more world attention being on, you know, what's going on in Hong Kong is a good thing, in my opinion. So, um, <laughs> other, other news, um, I, it's so, uh, Blizzard news. <laughs> yeah, so, 
There was, a, I think it was a WoW event in Taiwan, right? Yes, it was a WoW event. Ah, uh, that got canceled. That the, got, uh, the postponed, sorry. Yeah, but, you know, indefinitely. I yeah. mean, it's probably not going to happen. Um, and I think, like, days after this whole, the Hong Kong situation, like, like when we covered it, I guess, Nintendo got out there and announced that the Overwatch kind of launch party thing they were planning for the Switch, that wasn't happening anymore. Blizzard did cancel that one, as far as uh, the news that I read I was that... I thought Nintendo announced it, though. Well, Nintendo, Nintendo... It was Nintendo's... They did announce it, announced it, because it was, was going to be their event, but Blizzard's the one that said, we're pulling out of this. Yeah. Yeah, the but only yeah, thing... Nin, nin, it was Nintendo yeah, store ahead. in New York. Like, they were the ones yeah. that were hosting the event. So, as the host, they said, hey, Blizzard dropped out, so we're canceling the event. But it was Blizzard that opted the canceling of the one in New York. And to make matters worse, um, turns out uh, Overwatch doesn't run great on the Switch. What? Surprise. Yep. Runs like crap. Yep. So, well done. Way to just suck in every single way, Blizzard. Yeah, and to put this all in perspective, too, there was some news, uh, kind of comical news on this topic making the rounds where a Hearthstone trophy for a tournament broke and Blizzard had to get out there and say, no, 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 it's supposed to do that, but I don't actually believe them still. I don't believe that. All right, so yeah. their, their, their explanation was that, oh, well, I mean, so that, you know, it's easier to transport, you know, trophies when they break down. Yes, when it's like a, you know, a four-foot trophy, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, a yeah. really tall, crazy trophy. Yeah, yep. those break down. This one is smaller than a Grammy, and Grammys don't break down. I mean, so literally, the, the trophy that the guy was holding was smaller than a Grammy. It's tiny. There's no reason for that to break into pieces, other than it's a cheap piece of crap. I'd yeah. also like to point out that it actually was powered when it was plugged in, so when the top part broke off, it lost power. So yep. I don't think stuff that's supposed to be powered by the base would... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but... Who knows? Yeah, it- yeah, I don't think it probably goes back together properly. I bet it would. I mean, it's it's not going to light up again. <laughs> we, we're I'm, not I'm, there. I'm, we cannot comment on this. We don't have access to this trophy. But it just kind of felt karmic after what Blizzard's it, been up to lately. It's so yep. fitting. Yep. Yes, especially since deals for Hearthstone. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Way to just suck, Blizzard. Yep. Just, just, just pile it on. Uh, BlizzCon is going to be a thing, man. I, I can't I'm, imagine what they're going to be able to announce to alleviate any of this. But I think they're going to bank uh, bank heavily on the internet having short memories. I it's I am curious because we're going to have Alex actually kind of keeping up with BlizzCon this year, unless you're doing Extra Life. You're doing you're going to be following BlizzCon this year. Alex? I will be following BlizzCon because that's uh, what I. Well, you bought the virtual also, ticket, right? Yeah, I have the virtual ticket, so I'll I'll be following yeah. that, but. Um, I'm gonna do my extra life thing later. Well, in my, the my point being, like, we have this year, we have our um, man on the, we have our man on the digital street, Alex, uh, checking in from the uh, virtual kind of trade show that is BlizzCon, and then we have our man on the physical protesting streets, Henry, who will be there in person to see kind of like firsthand what's going on. And yeah, it's I'm gonna be hard to forget to it those when, two when, things overlapping. <laughs> When there's like a few hundred people protesting in front of the BlizzCon, it's going to be hard for people to forget about it. Well, and so what I'm really curious to see is just kind of how, I don't want to say like cropped, but like 
how hard Blizzard tries to keep what's going on outside completely unaware to those aren't like that aren't actively kind of looking for it kind of thing. Well, I mean, they're going to have to pass by us. If you're going yep. into the venue, you're going to have to walk by us. So you're going to find out about it one way or another. Mm-hmm. We aren't going to be in anybody's face. I mean, that's like we've already you know made that clear to everybody. Like nobody get in people's faces. Don't get in their way. Don't stand in their way. Like make sure that everybody's free to do. But, you know, also we're visible. We're going to be highly, highly. Oh, visible. no, my point being like if you're inside the convention center. Mm. Will you eat? like? It's like how hard are they gonna work to kind of keep the reality of what's going on just outside out? Oh well, absolutely they are. I I and I do oh, feel I'm not like they're, not going they're gonna, they're gonna prevent people from going in and uh, that ha- that are like wearing protests, any sort of protest gear, yep. like Winnie the Pooh stuff. And I think they're and they're just gonna face the consequences later. They're not gonna yep. care. I think they're gonna do that. And I also think they're gonna like if somebody hops up on the floor they're going to kick them out of the convention like if somebody like asks the question and does stuff about that they're again they're going to play the ask for forgiveness rather than permission type of thing you know or you know uh they're just going to do it they're going to go heavy-handed i predict they're going to go super heavy-handed because they're again they're they've been willing to just weather this shit storm so why not another shit storm you know if they feel like they can prevent any protests from going on inside, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to go super heavy-handed. They're going to prevent people from going in. They're going to confisc- confiscate stuff. Uh, because most of the people won't be. You know, most people going into BlizzCon won't be protesters. vast majority won't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only going to be a handful of people. So, but, yep. Yeah, I, 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 am, I will definitely be on the ground and uh, taking notes. It's going to be streamed. At least one person is going to be streaming it. Or I one there'll be multiple, of, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be multiple, but yeah. So, it's a thing. That it definitely is. Anyways. Next! Um, we haven't talked about this in a while because there's been nothing to talk about, but uh, Gaming Disorder, a thing that was added to the uh, list of medically recognized diseases. I think that's the concise way of describing it. It was kind of controversial when it got added, and to summarize, the idea of the disorder was basically it's um, a compulsive need to play video games, like kind of like mm-hmm. gambling disorder or gambling addiction. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of reason. There's been kind of continued research into this because it was so controversial when it got added that kind of calls its addition into question a little bit, which I am all for. But it. Not a ton of news exactly on it just yet, but the fact it's an ongoing topic I think is worth keeping in memory because it was so contentious when in when it, when it was officially kind of accepted as a thing, and apparently yeah. it's now being attacked for kind of lack of like it's 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 kind of like the claims that video games cause violence. There's never actually been any real substantial proof of it, and the the proof that existed was really not creditable to a certain extent. Like it's the yeah. But it's like, okay, yes, this is a thing you can draw a connection to, but here are a bunch of other data points you're choosing to ignore to get to that. This definitely kind of had a similar vibe to it, and apparently this is being called into question because, and I quote, they do not believe there is sufficient evidence exists to warrant thinking about gaming as a clinical disorder in its own right. Which is kind of what we've always said, which is like, yes, the gaming addiction that people talk about, it's like, it's more of a kind of a compulsion at that point. It's not 
gaming necessarily. They'd have the same problems with gambling or drinking or kind of anything else of that kind of same rewarding behavior, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you can get addicted to practically anything, but yep. I mean, the question is, is this unique enough? Are the elements related common enough? I mean, among people that, I mean, is it a, is there that enough common, common elements of it to call it a separate disorder or to yeah. classify it as a separate disorder? And, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, I've seen videos, like I saw a video by Jim Sterling saying that, you know, it's fine for it to be classified as a separate disorder. But I think, you know, I, I think there is a question there of, is it truly just being picked on because it's the boogeyman of the month? I mean, you, I, I mean, I don't see a separate disorder for sports addiction, you know, and people are definitely, I mean, super fans like... Fantasy football. Use, people use all of their savings and money to buy, you know, like, per, you know, paraphernalia, you know, like, you know, jerseys and stuff and go to every game and, you know, paint their bodies and, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's good to just have... To recognize that you, you, addictions exist, and you can be addicted to many different things, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm kind of split on whether it needs to be a separate, you know, classified as a separate disorder or not. I, I come at it from the same kind of angle you hinted at, where there are larger, more problematic addictions out that have existed for far longer that were like, oh no, there's there's sports fans like I. The way people talk about fantasy football and the way it kind of can consume lives is something that I find far creepier than, like, if you want to talk about WoW addiction, yeah, that's very real. If you want to talk about gaming mm -hmm. as a general addiction, eh, I don't think I'd go through withdrawal if I stopped playing video games. I probably definitely qualify as someone who, by a clinical definition, might qualify as addicted, given how much I game. I haven't but. played like I haven't played any video games for like a week. Like, like the past week, I've been busy. Like, well, I've been working on the costume. I suppose that's related. But it's yeah. like, yeah, I, and I and I did. And at no point did I feel like I got to play a video game right this moment, ever. But I mean, that's I'm not. I don't have that addiction. I mean, I I, I don't know. There again, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's good that to recognize that you know, be aware of new media and that people can be addicted to new media, no matter what that media is. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's interesting. I, I, I'm glad that there's more research on it. So, yeah. that's good. Next, I think we talked about this some in our previous episode, but I can't actually remember at this point, and the dates for this checkout is being posted. We've recorded that, but uh, Riot got out there and talked about how they're turning League of Legends into not just a single game, but kind of a League of Legends universe, if you will. Uh, yep. Uh, across the board franchise that can have many different games in it, which I personally have always wondered why the fuck they weren't doing that already. But, but I won't now play they've League. announced like five new games. One of them, one of the new games, isn't specifically League of Legends yeah, it's a shooter. characters, the shooter, but all the others are. Yeah, it's a hero shooter kind of a la, maybe not exactly, but like in the same vein as maybe like Battleborn or something. You know how well that mm -hmm. game worked out. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. We'll see where this goes. I, so, as someone I mean, who... They're making a couple different games. They, ha yeah. they have the, the Overwatch-esque game, which I guess is more TF2-esque, is what they're saying? 
Yeah. Um, on top of that, they're also putting together a fighting game. Yep, that's been a, rumors about that have existed since they bought that fighting game studio. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they like, bought Radiant Entertainment, which was I think co-founded by one of the Evo guys, one of the Cannon Brothers. Yeah, and the game was Rising Thunder. Yep, which by the way was a great fucking game. Yeah, hmm. I actually played it. And I had it. It was a great game to play. Um, so I was sad to see that it disappeared because, uh, you know, they got bought out. But yeah. I guess it's going to be based off the engine they were using for uh, Rising Thunder, which was a pretty good engine, really. But- also of note, they're looking to release, or they're, one of the titles announced is basically a strategy card game. Mm-hmm. So everybody's taking pot shots at Hearthstone now. I think it's time, I think. I mean, even Magic the Gathering is. I mean... They, Magic they basically... the Gathering's just kind of reclaiming their space. Like, I, it's, yes. Like, Magic I mean, the they... Gathering's failing was we had a bad game platform, and now they have a good game platform. They're like, yo, yep. you like Magic? We're here. Yep. Yeah, yeah but I, they've I... also taken the stance of we won't censor people with, like, pro-democracy messages. Oh, sure, and I think I'd just be on that, though. Like, part of Hearthstone's... Which has already been tested. It already got tested, by the way. A, uh, somebody won something and <laughs> made a big, big pro- Hong Kong thing, and they didn't do anything, but anyways. Cool. Yeah, I, I was coming at it more from the angle of, like, I don't think anyone ever said Hearthstone was the best game to play card game-wise. Just at the time of its launch and rise to popularity, it was the best video game card game you could play. Like, it was the best option if yeah. you were into that, and kind of, it's the, once you get above a certain threshold, you're the biggest thing, and you kind of can coast on inertia, and yep. given recent events, and just kind of like, magic moving in and being like, yo, we're the biggest card game. And now we're a video game too. Like I, it's, yep, yeah. That is not a fan base you can lock horns with easily and win. They are hard fucking core. Mm-hmm. Where to go from here? Uh, we don't cover a lot of Fortnite news on this, but uh, that whole like black hole chapter two thing happened, revealing a new map, and a tester is getting sued for leaking details about Chapter 2 ahead of the event. Uh, For the most part, people seem to think that whole thing was cool. I personally want to give the major points for turning server downtime into a event, and, Mm -hmm. like, really cleverly masking it as, like, yo, the world is gone! They even made the uh, launcher kind of look a little bit different during the the event, so that's cool. I I gotta say, for as much shit as Fortnite gets, that was super fucking clever. Yeah, it was a cool mm-hmm. idea. I mean, they'd have to shut everything down to add everything new in, and it just, hey, turn it, make it into good pl- publicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I would love to see actually other games do something like this. It, it's such a... I'm not sure other games could pull it off just because that's how like Fortnite has somehow managed to worm its way into... Yeah, of course this is what Fortnite would do. Like, yeah, of course. This is obviously mm-hmm. the thing you would do if you're Fortnite, but yeah. Still neat. People seem to like it. I, I think the best joke I saw was like, "But what if Fortnite just doesn't come back?" They're like, "Yo, we did the Fortnite experiment. We made a shit ton of money. Fortnite is now over, right? You've <laughs> had the epic launcher. Go buy some other games." That have also been a baller ass move, but they didn't go that approach. <laughs> uh, before we kind of jump back into our more gaming, super hardcore gaming centric ones. The Children's Commission of England has some opinions about loot boxes, and guess what? They don't like them. <laughs> yep. So much so Which they is... want immediate action on them. 
Yeah, which is good. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm glad that, I mean, it really seems like the Europe is taking the lead, a big lead on, on loot boxes. I mean, several countries around in Europe have already taken, like, immediate action already. And and put down some pretty hard rules, and it looks like the UK is looking to do the same. It's almost like they've picked up on the fact that while loot boxes aren't inherently evil, the way they're marketed, implemented, and kind of uh, aimed at certain people and games and groups is inherently predatory. But the interesting thing is, it's also their report that they ultimately put together is nuanced, because it also talks about positive aspects of gaming too i mean there's so it's it's not just kind of like all gaming is bad we hate video games it is this aspect of video games is been used very very predatory in a predatory way so i mean i i I also appreciate that that this isn't just a villainization of video games it is this thing is this particular very specific thing and the way it's being used is bad so I like yeah. the nuance. I, I, you know, when the when the first report stuff was coming out, that they had the whole thing about like, you know, oh, video games bad, and then all that stuff. But like, I, I kind of like that they're like actually expanding on it and doing something with it. Like, I think there was a Jim Sterling video I saw that talked about like it's not necessarily a bad thing to talk about the psychology, like the the, the effects that these things have, especially when it can be predatory. But like. Yeah, it also means that you can you can make it a medical thing where you can get people help for it. So yeah. like it, it was it was that aspect that I was like, okay, I understand now where they're coming from with it, like in one way. But again, it also yeah. depends on who's handling the data, so to speak. But if it's it's presented yeah. in that way, it makes a lot of sense with nuance and with thought as to you know without just a you know overbroad generalization or you know demonization. Yeah, so. exactly. So I, I've definitely changed my views on. When that reporting stuff first came out, when it came to like mental health stuff and video game stuff, like I, I could see, it. like I, I, it definitely changed my mind after watching that. Oh yeah, no, taking a clinical approach to these things isn't inherently the problem. It's yeah, what you do with that information. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where, like I, like I said, loot boxes aren't inherently bad. It's how they've been used since their implementation. Like it's, there's yeah. a way of using them that's not scummy and shitty and predatory. It's just not how they've been used since day one, kind of thing. Like it's like to to, to to take something from EA's kind of playbook on this one. If loot boxes did indeed work the way those like fucking Cadbury eggs or whatever they referenced as surprise mechanic examples, Kinder like if, eggs, Kinder eggs. Yeah, if if it really was that innocent and non-impactful, we wouldn't be talking about it the way we do. Yep. But that's yeah. not how they work. Yep. It's how they've been playing. It's not how. It's not how they're marketed. Like the idea that they're gambling. Like none of us are confused, but they are gambling. Like it is. Yeah. It's inherently gambling, but there's a way of doing them that's not gambling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a. It's funny. We actually we we talk about the loot box thing. There was actually it was something. I don't have enough article stuff that kind of like lay it down specifically. Yeah. But there was one recently involving uh, Modern Warfare, uh, the mobile game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they have a Halloween event going on right now. And Sure, I wouldn't know. Yeah. So it, it was it was apparently it's not confirmed, but it's been tested by a couple of different like modern warfare streamers, but they talk about how they have a Halloween event where you can win 
uh, 10 items from a loot box thing that they have going on. That's like a Halloween thing. Yeah. Um, and they actually lay out the chances for you right off the bat as far as what are the chances of each box. But the streamers, they got a bunch of them together and decided to just open up all the boxes as much as possible. And the, it looks like it was very much skewed because the skin for the character and the gun were always the ninth and 10th box you unlock, no matter what. Mm. Despite the fact that he said the chances of getting an epic box are this level. And apparently mm. they tested it all streaming or whatever, and it seemed like the ninth and 10th were always the skin for the gun and the skin for the character. Mm. So it sounds it just was, a mild punch carding going on, which I think punch carding But they didn't say difference. that's how it worked. They said you no, have I, a chance for this stuff. I think there, I, that's the thing, too. I think punch carding should be an inherent feature of loot boxes. Like, there's a certain aspect of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it makes them fairer at that point across the board. And maybe that's not the goal of them. But the idea of, like, to use playing cards as an example, like, even most booster packs, because back when I was playing Yu Gi Oh! and shit, they had the, the, the promise was, like, hey, you're guaranteed a certain rarity or better of card per pack like it's like you could mm -hmm. do better you could do worse but we're guaranteeing at least something in this realm every time kind of thing yeah magic the gathering started doing that some years ago as well and don't get me wrong that's still sucky in its own way when you get like your 19th of the same quote rare card but <clears throat> in a digital sense the idea of punch carding where it's like hey if you get five of this thing you're not gonna get any more of them because you've gotten enough i think like it inherently removes some of the predatory aspects of loot boxes at that point, where it's like, hey, mm -hmm. we're decreasing your prize pool exponentially as time goes on because you already have the stuff. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, your, your percentages go up because you've already gotten these things. And like for the, for the common things, we're, all, like we're saying, okay, you can get this five, ten times, and then they're out of the prize pool too until you get all of it, and then it fucking resets or whatever. Like, yeah, it's... Like, again, there are ways of doing this that aren't inherently shitty. The gaming industry as a whole has just kind of, in broad strokes, chosen to not do that, which yeah. is, is the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about our dear friends Ubisoft before we move on to mm. talking about Fallout 76. I, in a rare kind of corporate move, and I respect the hell out of them for doing this, in all honesty... Ubisoft got out there and flat out said, yeah, um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was a problem. Like, it's, it, it did not sell well. It kind of, like, for all purposes, was bad. The game did not do a good job of distinguishing itself in a kind of overinflated uh, sliver of the industry, et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, we, we're, we're aware this game's not selling well. Like, they, they acknowledged the problems of that game, and kind of take it one step further. I think it was their CEO did this. I'm not trying to get his name now. Um, where is it? Where's the name? Where's the name? Nope, that's the wrong article. My bad. Pause, please. Um, <laughs> uh, Ubisoft CEO Yusef Gilmort. I'm hoping that's the right pronunciation. Ease. Sorry, ease. I just got... Regardless, he got out there and kind of acknowledged the problem the game's had. Like, it's the game didn't do a good job of kind of really telegraphing how unique some of its mechanics were. It was a pretty big departure from the previous one. And in an instance where that game was playable and updated till about a couple months before Breakpoint came out, 
there was no reason to pick up Breakpoint. Like you still like probably had a bit of fatigue, and also Breakpoint fucking launched in the same kind of year cycle as Division Two, mm-hmm. which didn't do as well as many people thought it might, and also I'm sure split the kind of military looter shooter fan base, if you will. Like it's they oversaturated. Like the game did not change enough from its previous iteration or kind of improve. And also, it had kind of direct competition with a very similar game. I they over they they oversaturated the market with their normal stuff. Like it's we've joked for years about kind of how all Ubisoft games are kind of the same. And I think Ubisoft is now aware of yeah, mm. our games maybe are a tad the same. And they got out there and publicly stated this. And they've also announced they have pushed back a variety of releases, including probably most notably of. Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters. These have all been delayed some uh, from uh, their initial windows of kind of 2020. They're being pushed back to 2020, the spring of 2020, or in some cases, 2021 spring. So, yeah. But you know, it's like, you know, if they don't feel they're ready, I mean, good. Don't, yeah. you know, there again. I'm just glad they're like, we're not going to just work people to death to get this out. We're just going to maybe put a little more time into it and put it out and, you know, sell it on its merits. Yeah. Sell a working game on its merits. <laughs> yeah. No, and as someone who enjoyed Wildlands enough to have potentially given a sequel a shot until they kind of made it too much like The Division, it, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy The Division enough to play another Division, that kind of thing. Like, it's the... Mm. Wildlands was closer to what I wanted the division to be in some ways. I just didn't like Wildlands enough to keep playing Wildlands. Like it's the setting of Breakpoint. And like, okay, this is a little bit cooler in some ways. Like I, I had fun when I played Wildlands. It just didn't keep me going long term because it's like, hey, it's open world bullshit. And I'm like, ah, oh, great. Like the survival aspects of Breakpoint seemed cool. The like hiding in mud and actual like um leaves and stuff by burying yourself it seems like a cool idea for a game of that type it's it's a little bit sad they couldn't kind of make it work better make it distinguish itself more but yeah good on you ubisoft how about we get some for honor 2 going (laughs) just saying the last bit of ubisoft news oh yeah kind of on that same topic they are suing a cheat maker for rainbow six siege uh named um Yep. And you know what? Makes sense. I mean, their their argument is that it's ruining the game <laughs> experience for that other people are paying yeah. for. I... Hey, that's actually a good tack. I like that yeah. that 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 angle that they're coming from. Uh don't go after companies like Cheat Engine and stuff that seem to focus just on single player games or non-competitive yeah. games, but like it, yeah. if you want to go after people that are making the GTA hacks and all that stuff, fucking go for it. I'm all for this. Yeah. So, it's time. Uh, so, unless you've been living under a rock this week, or don't follow gaming news all that closely, both the same thing as far as this podcast is concerned, you're probably aware that uh, Fallout 76, in true kind of Halloween tradition, zombified itself and shambled back into the outrage bin. <laughs> and has kind of somehow managed to reignite its dumpster fireness a new and truly like I've never seen a game come back and f- ignite into full dumpster fire glory this many times. Like eventually you just assume 
there was nothing left to burn, but <laughs> they found more or added more or something. I for for those not clear what I'm kind of alluding to, we're talking about Fallout First. Uh despite what Fallout First might imply based on its name, it is not in fact a new Fallout game. It is a paid subscription model for Fallout 76. You know Fallout 76, that game you could have bought for 70 for $60 US or waited a couple days and then had it thrown in for free with a PS4 controller in certain regions. Mm-hmm. You know, that game. That that game that uh, fucking has done real goddamn well, and <laughs> I realized the other day has only been out for a year? Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be about Not, a year. Yeah. This it game feels like we've been just a fucking train wreck. It fucking feels like we've been talking about this game for at least three times as long as the game's actually been out. I, <laughs> I was listening to someone talk about this the other day, reading something, I don't know what it was, but like the idea that like Fallout 76 and Anthem came out this year, and you're like, no! Yeah! Mm. Huh. Yeah. So, let, let's let's go down this. Like, Let's! We won't go too far down the timeline of all this, but if you want a really nice summary of the fiasco that this thing has had... Well, let's cover what Fallout First actually is. Okay, yeah. so Fallout First is a new annual subscription you can pay to unlock certain things that they said... Well, the public demanded we add these pay-to-win features. This is what they want, and so they added it. Mind you that some of the benefits they're adding is uh, Private World, which is something players have been asking for since the game came out. Well, now it's available behind the paywall. Um, They're adding a... uh Let's burn through all of these because there's some asterisks next to some of the things oh, Alex yeah. is going to so, say. Yeah. So a couple we'll things back. The- Don't worry. Yeah. We're, we're, we need to so, get through this part so we can talk about it in broader strokes. Yeah. So a couple things about the private world because it gets even fucking. No, 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 no. Better. Don't. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, just, just give us oh, the list okay. of what the subscription gets you. Uh, the subscription will also give you a scrap box with unlimited storage for crafting components. Uh, in your own new scrap box container, a survival tent. Uh, so it gives you a stash, a sleeping bag, and more basic neat stuff. A monthly allotment of sixteen fifty atoms a month to use in the atomic shop. The iconic Ranger armor outfit from Fallout New Vegas, I believe it is. Yep. Yeah, and a couple of unique icons and emote packs is what it unlocks for you. So, mm. yeah. Mind you, what what do you think? Of, I mean, the stuff uh, that you're talking about. What, no, what's no, the cost? Uh, what's the cost? What do you what do you think it would cost? But, uh, I, I, before we get into that, like inherently, just like having to pay for that stuff, maybe not a great look given all mm. that Fallout seventy six has been through. I, it's to put on my kind of corporate shill hat for a second. I, I get why Bethesda might try this. I'm not saying they should, but the idea of fuck, we have to kind of pay for ongoing Fallout seventy six development somehow it makes sense in kind of a cold corporate way the idea of okay we have these people playing it they're obviously in at this point like if you read the twitter if you see the twitters of people talk about this game they're like so i was playing fallout 76 parentheses i know i know kind of thing like yeah i'm an idiot blah 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 like people at place are aware they probably shouldn't be playing it but they, for some reason they found something to connect with it like We've talked about kind of some cool stuff they've done in that game in the past. Like, it's possible to, in theory, have fun with that game. 
not for most mm-hmm. of us apparently, but hey, fuck it, whatever kind of thing. Like weird games have weird communities all the time. Like Destiny shouldn't have maybe shouldn't have made it past year one given what year one kind of situation was. Like sorry to rewind some. It's not a great look that they're charging for any of this stuff. Like, yeah, maybe the unlimited like, scrap box thing to store your infinite number of materials in. That's a little bit pay to winny, but whatever. Like, fine. Oh, the, the, eh. the crazy part about that, because I just I need to bring this up. We'll, we'll get to this in a second, dude. Like, we have, ah, it's I, an I, order. I, I know you're frothing to kind of get into this. Like, by itself, this isn't a great look, Alex. What are the asterisks next to everything you just listed out as what you get for paying for it? Okay, so let's see. So the first thing's first. The the private worlds. So private worlds is something they talked about, and they put it behind the paywall. Well, it turns out these private worlds that are getting launched are worlds that apparently have already existed and looks like players have already looted through the area. (laughs) <laughs> so they're not new private worlds. You're just ah, yes, a the alternative game. definition of private. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's actual evidence that places and things have been killed and looted already in the private world. <laughs> and well, like also, typically, kind of private servers implies a certain persistence to it. You're yeah. not getting that. Like it's the if you leave, it basically kind of resets or keeps doing whatever the fuck it was previously. Oh, it's even better than that. Yep. Um, you can't set any invite permissions on it. If you're not, if you if you create a game that's a private world, anybody in your friends list can join no matter what. So, yeah. And well, and if, to make and, that and worse, if you leave and somebody yep. stays in the server, it stays up. They get no, no, no. They get booted unless someone else with Fallout first is also on that server still. Oh, they changed that then, because I was hearing that as long as, as long as somebody stays in the game, even if they don't have Fallout first, the game, the world stays active. Well, that's how a persistent private server should, in theory, work. Like, you should have, like, the, the correct way of this working should be, you have a server, it's closed off, it's invite only, your friends can log in or not, kind of thing, depending on how you set it up, and your progress is shared persistently and across the board, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not only are these not kind of private sectioned off servers, but if you leave, someone else has to have Fallout first or everyone gets booted, which defeats the point of private servers at that point completely. Like the idea, it, like it's like, it should be like a Minecraft server where you and your friends can in theory just kind of go on and away from the general public do what you want. But that's not what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bethesda. Thank you, Todd Howard. Uh, so the scrap box. So the scrap box was something they talked about originally, and they said, due to technical restraints, because it would be too straining on game resources to have an unlimited storage scrap box, it turns out the technical problem was money. <laughs> because now, anybody who can have an unlimited scrap box... Now hold on, Alex. Own- it may not have been money. It may actually be a real technical issue. It gets better. I don't think it's fucking actual technical issues. So it turns out um, the scrap box really is kind of like a void where you can store unlimited stuff because people have been reporting when you put stuff in the scrap box, it disappears forever. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, For, it's an actual garbage disposal. It's, it's a paper shredder. Well, again, <laughs> you assume scrap box meant a storage box. Yeah. Scrap box means scrap. Mm-hmm. 
It means, yeah, you've, you've put your stuff into it. I a, have uh, played Outer Worlds. I know what happens when I hold down the scrap button. <laughs> yeah. So it's gone forever. And Bethesda can't do anything about restoring the stuff you put in there. So if you put all a lot of work and stuff you put in that scrap box, and it got eaten up by the void, it's gone forever. I really hope you didn't put a bunch of um, things you put a lot of time and effort into achieving in there. It'd be a shame if mm. you had spent lots of hours playing this kind of problematic game, and we're finally like, finally, a place I can put all of my things so I can have it in one spot. It'd be terrible. You know, something I've always wanted to like. hard restart my progression without actually deleting my character. Yeah. <laughs> if only we could find a way to do that. Hi, Bethesda. Thank you. Thank you for the scrap box. Uh, as far as the survival tent goes, I don't know anything about what's going on with that one. Is, it, is that one actually working? Um, sorry, say that again? Is the survival tent actually working as it's supposed to? Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm not sure what the survival tent even does. Yeah. No, it's it's like it's a fast travel point that you can just set up anywhere. Oh okay. yeah, but I also think that but it's works. also a place to sleep. Also a place to sleep. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, which I guess something I've else seen... people have asked about, but now it's hidden behind a paywall. On a sixty dollar game, you just bought at full price. Well, to be fair, you're now just buying the game. To subscribe probably. to it. Yeah. Thanks, Bethesda. Oh, and of course, they give you atoms, which is the way they're justifying you paying monthly or annually for this. They're giving How you sixteen fifty. Must an in-game currency, uh, a pay-for oh, oh. in-game currency, be that they want to just throw it at you for paying the money? Like it's, it's, it's the way they can justify putting a price tag on this stuff. It's that's the only reason that serves oh. its place there. Oh, oh, okay. News. Uh, armor. The armor. The you know, the special armor you get through it. Uh huh. No, it's not working correctly. Yep, I've heard that one too. It's broken. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Oh, oh yeah. The camp thing. I read about this. Uh, pets are vanishing <laughs> because of the camp thing. Oh, good. Awesome. So yeah, you you your tamed pets will go missing forever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I didn't even know that they had pets in that game. You know what they but, don't have is NPCs, because that got delayed to next year. Yeah, that got delayed too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know the thing that they talked about that was going to be a nice free update? That got pushed back. Don't worry about that. But this uh, this thing here where you can play? Yeah. You got to pay for that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but here's my favorite thing about this whole this whole Fallout first fiasco. Okay. In true, really just stupid company fashion, they forgot to secure the domain falloutfirst.com. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody it's, bought it. And it is worth taking a look at. If you go Control to Fallout, sciences are strong with that website. Yep. And you know what? It, it, I think it was somebody off of 4chan, but you know what? Thank you, based 4chaner. For that one, I gotta say that was rarely beautiful. do we thank 4chan on this podcast. I, I <laughs> give credit where credit is due, and this was fucking genius. So, yeah, they didn't secure the domain for it, and they put up something which technically I believe would count as parody. So oh, yeah. they can't really take it down, but they'll, I'm sure they'll try to sue anyway because 
law when it comes to companies and normal people isn't about being right. It's about how much you can afford. So how long can you afford to be sued? Which will be fun. But we'll see how it goes. Nothing yet as far as that goes. But yeah. Oh, Fallout 76. You're, you're, you're just so good. Mm-hmm. Like, you just... Like, Truly, you are the giving tree of broken video games. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> like, if you could... if <sighs> How could I describe it? Like, this, this game and, and Todd Howard is literally the definition of failing upward. Like, you just... You, 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 you release this stuff. And it's just horrible. Well, and, and typical somehow... Todd Howard... Go ahead, sorry. In typical Todd Howard uh, meme joke format, um, have you tried buying Skyrim and Anger to make yourself feel better yet? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> the next update will include you the ability to play Skyrim in one of the uh, in Fallout seventy six, which you'll have you know, to pay if, for. I think I made this joke before we got on the podcast, but like, if they really were ambitious, they'd be working on a way to get Skyrim working in the Outer Worlds. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's. It's great. Like, they just... The game's not even free to play. It, you still... The game still costs... The base game still costs $40. Yep. Yep. Well, it, and the other thing is, is like, well, with the whole you know, private worlds thing, hey, I really question if that's something anybody really wanted, because... Oh, no, it's I something mean, that was... I, I saw a lot about it, in terms of them wanting really? private service for it. Considering, like... So, Fallout has always been, like... A, you know, one-player, single-player game until this thing came out. So people wanting to have yeah. their own environment to kind of do on was something that a lot of people wanted. Well, my, my thing is that it's like, there's already a problem with the worlds not being well-populated. Like, just feeling empty because, you know, lack of NPCs and anything other than just enemies. And I just feel like now you have a world with literally only up to eight people in it. That's gonna feel... Real fucking empty. No, I think it's only like eight. It's more than eight. I don't know. Definitely. Whether or not you could hit the cap was a separate topic, but it's definitely more than eight. I don't. I don't think it was. I, I'm gonna check it. Check that out real quick. But I thought it was like a very, very small number. Um. All right. So, yep. Share a, a private version of the world they could share with up to seven other oh, players. Oh, sorry, it's just the private version. I thought it was just the general server version. My bad. No, the private private worlds. That's what I'm talking about. The private worlds. Yeah, they can only be only eight people, so they're gonna feel even fucking emptier than the normal than the normal Fallout 76. So, yeah, yeah. Now instead of like a few hundred scattered around a gigantic world, now it's eight. So. That's why I really kind of question, is that really, is that really what you want? Just by Outer Worlds? <laughs> uh, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I think people should stop buying Fallout stuff. Yeah, that's where I'm at. There's, there's better options. <laughs> Just straight up, there's better options. Yeah, we've talked about them on this podcast, even. Mm-hmm. I, I am curious what's next from Bethesda in honesty at this point. Like, maybe not Bethesda, but like this part, of the game development part of Bethesda, because the next thing from Bethesda, the publisher, is Doom, and I have no worries about Doom. Yeah, I mean, Doom sells itself. But it also, it's like, it's it's led by people who know how to make games. I mean, it's... It did get delayed, which is troubling, but... 
But I, John John Carmack is still in charge of it, isn't he? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if he left the project or not. I think I mean, he's at Oculus still, technically. I mean, he is, but I, I also know that he was deeply involved with Doom as well. But I mean, I mean that's that's an example of a game of like tight narrative, great mechanics, and just the game just works. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's not made by Bethesda. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Fuck Todd Howard. <laughs> Any other strong feelings about Todd Howard you want to share, Alex? Skyrim's not even that great. It's not. <laughs> Super with you on this one. It's not. Yep. Super yep. not. Elder Scrolls Online is way better. I've actually heard that. Mm. Same. Yeah. Heard good things about Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> World of Warcraft can definitely learn from some of the stuff Elder Scrolls is doing. I've also heard that. Mm. I, I think Blizzard could also use some time not being Blizzard, but that's a separate topic. Like, maybe actually have to try and worry about a game not launching to critical acclaim. It's not all of us thought Overwatch was good. <sighs> news? Uh, no, sorry, not news. I think that's it for news. Uh, emails? Um, do we have emails? We do. We have two. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, so that means it's time for emails. If you wanted to send us an email, you can do that at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. And a third time, Alex? Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast spells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. This one comes in from Nathan in South Dakota. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, last week one of you three successfully successfully managed to change your life from single player to two player mode. A phrase I'm sure Charlie has heard way too many times already aside. This makes me wonder if any of you have any dating advice. I feel like you know, this question has been asked before, but since one of you literally just finished the quest of dating, I thought it was worth <laughs> re-asking. I'm honestly a bit surprised that of the three of you, Charlie got married first, given all the stories he's told, but I suppose that could be chalked up to a uh, podcast personality. Maybe. Well, I mean, uh, I think Charlie, you've been with Jen longer than I've been with Mandy. Yes, I, I, I think he's more referring to like just some of the scumbag stories I've got. But yes, oh, I, I yeah, I've, I've, me and Jen have been together for like I think it's five years in January or something around that time. Mm -hmm. Like we've been together a while. Like she's been living, we've been living together for a while, kind of thing. Like it's in so many weird ways, getting married was formality cheapens it but like not a ton has changed about our day-to-day -day life yet since getting married kind of thing like it's it's the natural evolution of things if you will like, don't get me wrong we had a lot of fun going through that whole process and all that jazz but yeah no i but i also get the like based on some of my scumbag stories yes i i used to work as a roadie case in point hmm. yeah um uh, i probably my biggest piece of, advi of dating advice for gamers sorry i maybe didn't read that Dating advice for gamers, like, sorry about misreading that. I don't limit yourself to gamers. Like, a lot of people get hung up on, if I want to play video games, I have to date someone who also plays video games or whatever, and I've done both, and both work out. Like, Jen, girlfriend games exist for a reason kind of thing. Like, Jen doesn't give a fuck about video games for the most part, and that's fine, but she just knows I do, and 
you find ways of working around that. Like, I play Destiny a lot on PC these days because it means the TV in the house is free, and as a result, we're not kind of arguing over who's monopolizing the TV at that point, but also, like, Outer Worlds came out. That's on my PS4, and it's like, hey, I got this. Is it a talkie game? Yeah, okay, cool. I can watch that and not be totally annoyed by it while I knit. I think a lot of people have this idea that, like, you have to be all up in each other's stuff on everything you do, and if that works for both of you as a couple, sure, but, like, me and Jen also aren't like that. We are different people with unique and separate interests. Like, she knits and does lots of crafting stuff, and I have this podcast and tabletop gaming and video game stuff, and, like, we overlap in the Metalheads thing, but, like, we have as many shared interests as not shared interests, so it works kind of thing. Like, it's the couples I know that, like, are like, oh, we spent all our time together. That sounds like hell. That, that genuinely sounds like hell. <laughs> I love my wife, but, like, I'm really glad we don't love everything the same. It, it gives us stuff to talk about. They're like, oh, I did this thing you weren't there for because you don't want to go to this. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, it's like with friends. You don't want everyone to be into the same shit and be the same person because it just gets boring at that point. Like, it's like, yep. We all agree, so nothing to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like for me, straight up, most of the people I know don't play video games. Like, I know more people that don't play video games than do. Um, same goes for other of my interests. I mean, yeah, my friends, I definitely, like, I, I, you know, friends, I definitely did make some, you know, some of the friends were, you know, from some common interests, but there's like, you know, things that, yeah, like I said, like in video games, well, it's like, I'm a video game been a developer and taught it, and but yeah, most of my friends are not. <laughs> they don't, they're like, most of my friends don't play video games, really, so I mean, that's, that's, that's not a thing that has to be a thing. I feel weird citing them given the meme aspect they inspired, but Control-Alt-Delete, the webcomic, actually just kind of, did, they did a couple of months ago this kind of interesting story arc where, like, even if you're both into video games, there's no guarantee you're into the same video games, even. Like, and that can cause its own yep. problems. Like, if you're a hardcore FPS fan and you're dating someone who only plays JRPGs or only plays, like, Final Fantasy XIV or something, you might as well not play video games together. Like, you're never going to, like, it's yeah. a decent chance you're never going to enjoy each other's video games. And that's fine. But if you're like, yeah, I'm going to have this gaming partner, you might be disappointed. Yep. And also, marriage is not the end of dating. People that say that are idiots. <laughs> it leads to divorce. <laughs> it changes the rules of some things, but, like, if you suddenly just stop, like, the idea of it, it's like, oh, I'm married, I can stop fucking trying. That's how you get cheated on and left. And left. Like, <laughs> that's, that's maybe harsh-sounding, but, like, that's what causes marriages to crumble. Where it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we stopped. Like, the thing a lot of my friends have said over there is, like, it's like they stopped trying. And it's like, yep, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like my parents still always try to do nice things for each other. Like this, they 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 think about each other and try to think about you know what would what would make you know what would make my you know husband what would make my wife happy, you know or what you know, what's a what's a nice thing I can do for them, you know even in small ways and in big ways and just and I you know and they're the I guess one of the most successful couples I've known. I mean my grandparents as well. I mean when they're when they're around, they they also were always just. Thinking about a nice thing to do with each other, you know, just you know, just yeah, you know, that's that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I it's it's kind of like whenever someone refers to a dad watching their kid as babysitting, it's like no, 
that's your fucking responsibility. Keep doing what you were doing previously, kind of thing. Like it's not like yeah, it's not special. It's like oh, it's babysitting because the dad's like no, he's watching his kid as a dad should do. Yeah, it's a very kid... com- yeah, completely normal thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I I want to chime in here on this one. It's kind yeah, of someone similar... who's, act- who's like actively air quotations normal dating still. Yeah. So uh. Let's see. I want to put this as best as I can with it. Um, I'm going to kind of carry on to the argument you guys were saying about, like, don't like if you're a gamer, don't think you have to find another gamer. Mandy plays some games, doesn't play a lot of video games like I do, as far as that goes. Find someone who doesn't necessarily share your interests, but respects your interests as an individual. Mm, mm. Because I, like... I'm not into the big lizards and spiders and all that stuff, but Mandy is, and I respect that about her, and I will support her in her in her like hobby and thing that she enjoys. Vice versa, mm. I will stream and play video games and do that on my computer. Mandy doesn't play along with me, but she respects me as an individual to let me do that stuff, like to to allow yeah. me to have that, and not like an allow like she's giving me permission. I mean, like we have our own things that we do. So, yeah. I guess my, the way I would put it is, don't find someone who has the same interests as you all the time as a mandatory fan. Find someone who respects your interests as an individual. Yeah. Because mm. as soon as you find someone that you're with, if you think it's great, if they think something you do is stupid, then it means they don't respect you as a partner equally because there's parts about you that they don't like, I mm. guess, is the way I would look at it. And I mean, there, I mean, there are little nuances that people do that people don't like about each other. Like, that's a thing. But like... When it comes to like passions, if you have someone who ridicules or just doesn't enjoy that you have this particular passion, it's not going to work. Mm. So Mandy and I have that where we have our own things that make us individuals, but we also have things that we enjoy together. So, um, and that's the other thing too, like nothing, everything, you guys don't always have to be together. Like it always doesn't have to be a partner thing. Like be your own individual, but also be complimentary to each other as a couple that's why like mm. a long time ago i used to always have this mindset of like finding your better half or finding like that that's a horrible mindset to have in my opinion you don't find someone to complete you as a person you find someone who compliments you as a whole being is the way i mm. like to look at it so mandy for me compliments me as a being so that's how we work well together and yeah that's the way i like to look at it yeah, I'm not currently dating anybody at the moment. I haven't really been looking to date anybody, to be honest. Like, I just haven't been looking around. But I've dated people in the past, and it's like... And I've generally had good relationships, like, in, like, often continuing relationships after we had dated. And, yeah, there's just a certain thing to be said about... I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the mutual respect thing. Like, you know, there's one thing to playfully, you know prod somebody about something, you know, make, you know, kind of like have a little fun with it, you know, but, but as far as like in a deeper level, if you just, you know, respect their choices and you respect each other's choices and you respect each other's wishes and things like that, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that it, because the relationships are ultimately a lot about sort of the, a certain idea of compromise. And even in, and in that case, it's not really even so much as compromise is just like respect is just, you know, caring enough about the person to also care about what they care about to a certain extent. It's like you can, 
you know, just like you were saying, you can be a, you know, be dating somebody that's not a video gamer, but if they, like, but if they kind of care about the fact that you care about it without necessarily caring about it in, you know, in particular, not playing video games themselves, but they, you know, and, and it also if they're, like, you know, even, like, thoughtful about it, you know, they'll, like, you know, sit and, you know, watch you play, even though, you know, they're not super interested in it, or, you know, they'll be like, hey, it's your birthday and I got you a video game. It's like, you know, things like that, you know, being thoughtful about their, you know, desires and their wants. I mean, that's, that's an, I believe that that is absolutely an important thing. I mean, that's, that's really what you want. It's, you know, a relationship should always be, you know, based uh, largely on this sense of mutual respect and, you know, because that's where love is, you know, you, you know, uh, the two kind of intertwine, they flow out of each other, and I think that's extremely important. It's just, yeah, you can support somebody without being a part of it. (laughs) I think Henry also got something important indirectly, too, which is, like, be okay being alone. Like, no, I'm not saying, like, make peace with dying alone or, like, that you're going to be alone forever, but, like, it's important to be able to live with yourself. You're going to be around yourself yeah. the rest of your yeah. life. And they, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking to date anybody right now. It's like, I'm not, I haven't been trying, you know, occasionally I've thought about it, but yeah. not enough to really try, and I'm kind of fine being single. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I was just noticing, like, even at your wedding, it's like, I think I'm like one of like only two or three single people at this wedding that's not <laughs> yeah. seriously dating somebody, and that's no, just and an observation. Yeah, it's what, not what like that's like some people just like it's dating. I'm not. I feel bad. Like, I'm not I'm trying to pick on you. Like it's the not everyone's into dating all the time kind of thing. Like it's some people have lived very happy, successful yeah. lives, kind of being in and out of relationships and having friends and all that jazz. Like it's yeah. Yeah, like if you're if you're gonna go out and date, date because you find someone who makes you feel special. Don't date because mm-hmm. you feel the need to have to be in a relationship, because that yes. means the person in the relationship is interchangeable. It's not you're dedicated mm. to this person. Mm. It's that the person you're 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 in love with a relationship. You're not. But in also love with at the person. same time, like don't mm. be afraid to just date for the sake of dating, but also be honest about that at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you learn a lot yeah. about yourself just by kind of doing things, and I think that's important. Like, I, it's to get real derivative yeah. for a second. Like, people often act like dating just happens, or like you just find people. No, it is a skill that, like, I'm saying you need to put time into grinding up MMO style, but like <laughs> some effort is required. In a way, it kind of know, is. it absolutely is. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like I I went to a very nerdy college, and I. Of like my dorm floor, I was the one with the most dating experience, if you will, and the guys on it would come with like with weird questions to me, where it's like, "Hey, is this normal in relationships and stuff?" And there was one guy that was dating just this—I feel bad calling her crazy, but like probably diagnosably semi-mentally unstable woman. And he's like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "Okay, cool. Here's how you get out of the situation." He's like, "You seem experienced with this." I'm like. I've dated enough people that I know how to date people that are mentally unstable. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but, like, this is more advanced than you're ready for for, like, a second girlfriend. This requires more nuance than you've necessarily picked up as in your dating experience. Like, if you you care about her, fine, but, like, you seem to be spending more time scared of her. Like, as someone who married someone he's perpetually scared of, but also, like, knows how to handle that fear. 
it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying, but not for like crazy person reasons. Just because she's terrifying. <laughs> it, Charlie, yeah. if you're safe, I need you to say yes. Don't make any any noises. Other than just Scrump yes. is literally a foot and a is half she, to she... my right, which means I'm not safe. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me with. Are you? Are you being? No, I am. Mr. Will, I'm are you fine. okay? Big <laughs> <laughs> jokes, but yes. But yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Though, like, it's just yeah. It's if you want to be with someone, be with someone. But don't don't feel the need to have to be with someone. I when I lost a lot of weight, I kind of dated a couple different people. Here and there, and I learned a lot about myself in those few months when I just dated random people than I did for a yeah. long time, and mm. it kind of helped me focus and figure out what I wanted. And so, mm. yeah, it 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 it. Hmm. How I, I can't put it any other way, but like, I feel like what you do is when you, as you date, you're kind of chiseling at the uh, at the marble, and then once you get a date and work your way to the edges and find things you like, things you don't like, eventually you end up with a statue of what you want, sure, so to speak. Mm. And then you can kind of find that, I guess. But, yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's, I didn't realize we were going to get so deep with this uh, topic here, but mm. yeah. Yeah. Thanks for writing again, Nathan. Worst, yeah, All thanks right. for writing again. Next up comes from Josh in Olympia. Is WA Washington? Olympia, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. They're wicked awesome cast. I realized you. I realized recently that there's an upcoming Olympics. I know the topic of esports of the Olympics mm. has been talked about in the past, but I was wondering if you guys had any non-mainstream sports you would like to see as part of the games. I have an easy the Olympic, Olympic I'm games. Assuming so. Mm. I mm. I can never remember what it's called. I think it's literally called medieval combat. Someone started essentially a UFC fight league. That is dudes in full yeah, armor seen that. with like traditional weapons just going at it. And I think it would be really cool to at the Olympics finally settle the bullshit fights of samurai versus knight and shit like that. Like not <laughs> to the death, obviously, because that's not what this is either. If there's like electronic yeah. sensors or something. But like the, the the fighting is cool because you get to see kind of the like the the major difference is like, okay, it's two guys in full night gear, okay. One of them has a halberd, and one's doing the sword and shield, the sword and shield thing, and just how differently it changes how they two react to each other. Like, I, it sounds dumb, but like that's what I think the Olympics should be about. Like, you know what? It's like cultural exchange. <laughs> I mean, since, I mean, it's since it's it seems to me, you know, most of it has been very much focused on sort of, you know you know, body athletic perfection and not much on mind stuff. I mean, that's where the kind of the esports yeah. thing is kind of an interesting, uh, interesting look at it because, and so for me, I'd like to see chess, see chess or something like that be a part of the Olympics. Thought it was. It's never been in it as far as it, I don't, I don't think chess has ever been in Olympic games. Uh, now I'm going to look it up. I don't remember it being, I mean, there's a chess Olympiad. But, I mean, there's not really... It's, it's coming in the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. Okay, alright, so, yeah, alright, so, yeah, they are thinking about it, so they are thinking about it, but it hasn't happened yet. 
I mean, well, the chances for them to be admitted are still kind of low. Um... Yeah, uh, uh... Yeah, so I mean, there's... There's thought, there's... Yeah. Bridge has even been submitted... Uh, Fuck before, off, I mean, in the past. I will ar <laughs> Um, Shogi, as well, which is Japanese sure. chess, basically. I, I mean, I mean, that's... It's it's kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to see something like that. I think because all right, so this is a this this I'm gonna not go too far into this because I have long rants about this. It's just I don't feel that intellectual achievements are celebrated enough. Period. Like like all, all you hear about mainly are like you know pro athletes that are like you know that are you know the physically physical athletes. And, you know, and in a certain sense, I mean, I guess I don't like the celebrity culture in that way, too, where it's mainly almost entirely focused on just, you know, athletics or beautiful people or beautiful athletic people. And it's like, hey, you know what? Scientists are literally making the world better. And, like, and intellectual pursuits are more valuable than physical pursuits. I'm going to say straight up, they just are. It's like, I love pro wrestling, but pro wrestling isn't curing cancer. It's not coming up with the cure for cancer. I can't body slam somebody so hard that it cures them what of cancer. That's, oh, I, yeah, that'd be awesome. But you, but you see what I mean? It's like, I, I'm not, I have no illusions about what pro wrestling is. It's entertainment. I mean, and it's not, it's not gaining, there again, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not curing cancer. It's not. It's not freeing. You know. It's not creating democracy. It's not freeing people. It's. It's entertainment, and so, yeah. And I'd like to see, just in general, more appreciation of intel intellectualism. Just. Just being into learning and thought and using your brain because your brain is 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 it's way more valuable. And I think it's often you know, uh, downplayed on just how important it is just to be about thinking and about learning. And I feel like, you know, having a better celebration of, you know, a real celebration of sort of mind athletes might help with that. I mean, I just know right now, I mean, there's a, there's a deep strain of anti-intellectualism in, in America in particular. And it's not good. It's that's that just means that we you know it's like we have generations that like that have snide attitudes about education and that's not good. It means that you're just going to end up with dumb generations, you know, ignorant generations, and as well as you know, it's like there's just so little respect for the teaching profession, which you know, I've made I've mentioned before. It's like, yeah, I want to see more intellectual stuff included in the Olympics. End rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as I, so I'm going to take an interesting twist on this. When it comes to the Olympic events, whatever they have there is fine, but I feel like we should have professional athletes do an event, and then very right after have normal people try. I've thought same this thing. for years, actually. Just so people, yeah. just so people can see the athleticism and the training that it takes to do. Like a vault jump. Like, have, you know, have all your competitors and athletes do it, and then have a representative of just somebody who's like a normal, everyday average BMI or whatever you want for guidelines, 
Have them try. Oh, no, I will go one step further to say, like, we should be rounding up the people that, like, th- if you're on Twitter talking mad shit about someone messing up something, like, you should be flown <laughs> to the next Olympic Games, given four years to prepare, and then forced to attempt that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a strong That's believer amazing. that there should be, like, someone in the crowds being like, oh, do you think you can do this? Like, and every person who says, like, it's not that hard to long jump should be forced to compete immediately. It's like, <laughs> and they just drag you out, of the, out yeah. of, the, of the box, out of the seats, and just like, here you go, hop to it, So you genius. don't think pole vaulting's hard, do you, fucker? Alright, here's your pole, vaulted. I'm in jeans, should've thought of that before you talked mad shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's my angle. That's what I would go. <laughs> I'd also kill to see stuff like boxing chess brought into the Olympics, but that's a separate topic. Mmm. We need to get some of those, that like, is, the Ocho style. I, that is what boxing on, chess like. is, essentially, yeah. It's, it is, it is an Ocho sport at that point, yeah. So how about pro wrestling? That would that would require Henry. I, I hate to say this because we we I have not said this in a long time. <laughs> that would require pro wrestling to be real. That being said, <laughs> if they were to do like the opening or closing ceremonies, like a pro wrestling match, I'd be down with like representatives from different countries talking mm. mad smack in a ring. Oh, that'd be we amazing. We see you, Usain yeah. Bolt, and that... we're coming for you. We're gonna catch you, literally in speed. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. I want to see what what like mad talk about you know, like say curling would be, or you know, I would uh, pay money to or see like... a bunch of speed skaters fucking shit talk the curling teams. <laughs> curling yeah we see uh, you with your beer guts and you're playing their sport in jeans <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that's it is one of the reasons why curling is one of my favorite sports but yeah that would be amazing alright so there is a way we could fit in pro wrestling into the Olympics oh, I think every major sport like on an international scale should at least allow for some I, it pains me to say it, but like th- there should be some aspect of like that showmanship, cutting a promo, like calling other countries out, like, not in a <laughs> hostile way, like the way we do in the everyday to day life, but like the U.S. swim team being like, "Yeah, we got Michael Phelps on the team again. What of it? Every other country. You think you can swim? Yeah, you I can't that- swim. Look at." We basically have have a dolphin on our team. Hell, Spain, we'll let you put a dolphin on your team and see if it can beat Phelps. Go on, do it, Spain. <laughs> Don't oh, get us man. started, Portugal. <laughs> or, or here's here's another one I, I I would do. Like, let's have a normal Olympic event, right? And let's say that if enough people donate to a charity. You could say, for example, strap weights on somebody's ankles for a swim, and like they have to compete with like a disability, or well, not disability, but like uh, what is it, a handicap, Handy- if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've got to swim, like Michael Phelps, because somebody raised two thousand dollars. 
Now Michael Phelps has to swim with ankle weights that are 10 pounds each. Or a dolphin strapped to his back. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Swimming in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody donated $5,000. No goggles. I'd be down with that. <laughs> Stuff like you that. You a million dollars? I guess we're electrifying and- the pool then. <laughs> Who wins? We're gonna the throw death charges into the pool at random. Dodge, motherfuckers! Right? Sharks. Okay, Just so sharks. I would love if, like, the last team, if they start playing the, not even sharks, just play the Jaws music when someone's about to win in any swimming event. <laughs> that would make that sport better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, that's what I would go with. Yeah. I think we yeah. have some good additions here. They should definitely all be used. Much credit for them, at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you all who wrote in. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, as always, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Send them in if you wish. That does it for this week, I think. It's probably a long one, because we had two weeks to catch up through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... It was an adventure. Indeed. We did it. But yeah. Anything profound either of you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't really sure. have anything else to add. Other th- oh, I do actually. My bad. Um, now that I'm not so sick anymore, uh, should hopefully get some streaming doing happen again. Uh, this coming Saturday, part of the day, I'll be doing some streaming with uh, Populous Gaming for the Extra Life mm. Marathon thing. So, nice. um, even if I'm not streaming, definitely check out this Saturday coming up because it yeah, is the actual life. Yeah, coming up in general. I don't think we're doing anything this year, but you should check out that just across the board. Yeah, across the mm-hmm. board, you should definitely see it around Twitch. I think Mixer's doing some stuff too, but yes. Um, mm. Even if none of us are streaming, definitely go out there, check out some extra life streamers, and definitely donate some of these. Uh, some of these streamers doesn't go to the streamer, but it goes to the hospitals they represent. So. I would say go out and do that. Yeah. Um, it's uh, For me, uh, as I mentioned before, I will be streaming, making my, continuing the stream, making my May costume. And so if you want to catch that, that is on Twitch at Nomad Har. That's Nomad H-A-R. And I'm Kraken Zero on social media. And that's where I'll be. At, I'm on Facebook and on Instagram. And that's where I'll be announcing when I'm going on Twitch. So, I'm probably gonna, yeah, so I'll be, yeah, I'm gonna be, I have a lot, lot to do still, and I, I, you know, I'll see how much I can get done before Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Are you ready for BlizzCon? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm always ready to watch BlizzCon. The Reckoning. Mm. Starring all of your favorites, like red shirt about dude, cell phones, about ten red shirt dudes. Yeah, I'm, li- I'm looking forward to. Probably not the red shirts we're looking for. It might be pro. Mm. Twist. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I don't Ooh. think we have anything else. Do we? Ah, uh, there may be news next week on the studio setup. I am trying a potentially desperate gadget to maybe speed that whole process up, but I'm not going to say anything before we test it. Ooh. But yeah. Who wants to take us out this week? 
I think the uh, I think the the married man. Who Fair just enough. Cue the metal. Yeah.